This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee, and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing, take just one moment, and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 103. I'm Nick Howell. And practicing DDP yoga so I can have a super kick party with myself, I am... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome back to the show. Yes. Uh, Nick, I know you were still running. You're still, do you have a house yet? Do I do you? not, and I'm, I'm back on the West Coast, funny enough, but I'm up in Northern California Good doing some, some work stuff, and I was in Seattle for the first half of the week, and I, I just, I don't... I haven't really slept in about two months, and, and it's I'm in that weird like third stage of vertigo where I I can't feel my fingers and I, and I don't know what my address is anymore. So oh my god, it's but hey, I, I, as long as you got Wi-Fi, you can watch wrestling, and I did this week, so uh, we got a lot to discuss. And here you are. Thank you for actually yes. joining us on the show today. I know you've you, it's been crazy for you, so yes, I'm glad you were able to make an appearance. I uh, I did some panhandling at the uh, at the on ramp of the 101 and was able to scrounge up enough cash to buy a mobile kit uh, so that I could have recording equipment anywhere I go. So nice. regardless of location, it's not going to be the best of the best of the best that uh, that I'd certainly have in studio, but uh, it is going to be this, you know, what you're hearing now. It's it's decent. Yeah, good and, and, and it's good because we actually do have a very a fun show today. It's not as crazy as it's been the last couple of weeks, what with Evolution and Crown Jewel. Uh, WWE is lining up for Survivor Series right now, and NXT is lining up for TakeOver Evolution. We had New Japan yes. Power Struggle. So there's a lot to talk about this week, but it's going to be a little bit easier for you, I think, with your insane schedule. And yes. thank you to all of our listeners for uh, for hanging in there while the show is going through a bit of a transitional phase and a bit of a bit of reorganization here. We promise to get back on a more of a regular thing very soon. But, but what do you mean? We're still on a regular thing. We're just not live on YouTube right now. That's but what I, I mean. mean. Bring, bring everybody back. That's uh, what I mean. Know, it's yeah. Nick's back. Yeah. Speaking of which, Nick, would you like to do a little business before we get into the show? 
absolutely always have to do the housekeeping. Be sure to let your friends know, or if you haven't joined us yet, head over to Facebook and join the Busted Wide Open discussion group. It is the hub of our operation. All things Busted Wide Open happen there, including the posting of new shows, funny memes, weekly discussion threads for every single show across all the promotions, and much, much more. You can also follow us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to us over on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. Be sure to hit that little notification bell as well so that you can get alerted anytime we put up new videos or in the very near imminent future, go live again. Yes, I can't wait to go live again yes. now, that I'm, now that I'm in the danger cave here in Ooh. sunny Southern California. Uh, as we were saying, yeah, we've got uh, Survivor Series coming up most of the week in the main roster of WWE was about that. It was pretty much about getting us there as quickly as possible because they only got two weeks to do it thanks to Crown Jewel and Evolution. So, uh, you know what? If we're going to talk about that, Nick, let's head right on over. Let's get into it and talk about Monday Night Raw. Well, Survivor Series is coming. And uh, as I've said before, it's one of my favorite pay-per-views every single year. But the, the interesting part is we've spent the last month talking about Crown Jewel and Evolution. We haven't really had time, especially if you compare it to what we did last year with all the invasions and the controversies going back and forth between the brands and the McMahon kids, and there was all kinds of stuff going on. I'm wondering if we can build up to the same level that Survivor Series was last year, because i got to admit, it was a pretty damn good show last year. Well, it, so the actual show itself, I agree, was pretty solid, but what's funny was... We were kvetching, if I remember correctly, at this time last year, that there was too much buildup, and they were spending too much time getting into it, uh, and, and they had too long of a road to Survivor Series, and here we are this year, where it's almost like there's too short of a, of a road to Survivor Series. And <laughs> I know we, it's like we, it's like we find, always find something to bitch about here. We want it our way, eh. but honestly, it's not the what I it's wanted. Not, it's not what I wanted. Boo, boo, boo. But no, in, <laughs> but in all seriousness, this year, like I actually think that uh, in in Smack, we look at both shows. In SmackDown's case, I think they did a better job of getting stuff done quickly and entertainingly. And on Raw, I felt like they kind of half got there. Yeah. You know what I mean? There were some things that worked. There were some things that didn't. Some things I agreed with how they did it. Other things I thought could have been done better. Uh, it felt like SmackDown watched Raw the night before and go, oh, God, we got to get our shit together. Let's put a better <laughs> show together we so that we can get everything out there because we only got one more week till we got to do the go-home show to seal all this stuff up before we get to Survivor Series. Well, the problem is, is their go-home show is going to be sealing up more than half of their stuff. I mean... <laughs> There's a Raw's lot of in trouble. Raw, there's a lot of stuff on Raw we don't know yet, but it also it's funny because the stuff that they have cleared up already it shows their priorities. So let's let's stop talking in generalities and actually get into it. The yes. Raw opened up with a whole bunch of supers, all the locker room at the top of the stage, and a bunch of security guards down near the stage, and in the center of the ring, once again, gloating with a big old smarmy grin on his face was Baron Corbin. Uh, what is it? Stand-in commissioner, temporary commissioner, Baron Corbin, uh, acting general manager. There it is. Thank you, acting general manager, yes. Baron Corbin, soon uh, to be permanent general manager. According to him, he made himself captain of the of the Survivor Series team and picked the first three members. That was Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre, and Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman, of course, the reason why he had the locker room and the security guard out there, uh, security guards out there to prevent Braun from 
murdering him for what he did yes. to Braun at Crown Jewel, which was hit Braun in the back of the head with the Universal Championship and basically hand it to Brock Lesnar. And sign his own death warrant, frankly. <laughs> I don't know. He did a pretty good job most of the show. Braun, of course, eventually comes out and uh, tries to chase down Corbin on, to, on his two stumpy legs. Well, until Charlie Caruso gets involved and, you know, they would have gotten away for it if it wasn't for that damn kids. Was it wasn't for those meddling reporters? Where have we heard that before? Uh, So, no, it was it was actually a very fun running bit through the show. Literally a running bit of Corbin trying to hide out in different places and Charlie finding him (laughs) and being like, what are your thoughts on this? And he's like, by interviewing me, you're telling Braun where I am. And then, sure enough, Braun shows up, destroys everything, and chases Corbin off again until Brilliant. the until the end of the show, where Corbin gets away in his in his in his truck. Um, the only thing to take away just from the Baron Corbin Braun Strowman stuff was well, the question I had was was Strowman back to form? Was he? What do you feel like he was back to his full monster among men, destroying things, chasing people down, and being the kind of rough and tumble face that we like? Uh, and and did he did he recover from the crown jewel match? I guess is what I'm saying. You know, the crown jewel match seems like such a blip, uh, and we, and they've moved past it, and we've in a way almost indirectly have moved past it. You know, I don't really want to talk about Saudi Arabia anymore. At the end of the day, <laughs> we've beaten that you know Arabian horse to death. You've beaten that camel to death, and and it's just a matter. Of, okay, we let's move on. So I, there's an interesting dynamic that happened this week on Raw where it was like, let's just move on. Other than the can you, know, you consternation. Them? No, well, no. Other than the consternation between Corbin and um, and uh, Strowman, that was about it. That was that was the only like leftover artifact that we had. It, Everything was looking forward, not backward. It was interesting that we actually saw more fallout from Evolution on Raw and SmackDown this week than we did Crown Jewel. That was something that yes. I, that kind of stuck. I was like, wow, we talked about Evolution a lot and the matches that happened at Evolution. We had an Evolution rematch, but. Crown Jewel was kind of like, yeah, that yeah, Brock thing happened. Oh, and we have saw a little bit of the fallout from um, the uh, Best in the World <laughs> tournament thing. More on More SmackDown, on Smackdown. Than we did on Raw. Okay, sticking to. That's <laughs> I sorry, I crack every time I think about it. Oh God! But the other what a shit show. The other thing I've <laughs> the other thing I'm sorry, <clears throat> composing myself. The other thing I wanted to talk about as far as Strowman. Uh, and I did, made fun of his, his legs a second ago, but actually I, I did read that he is working through some knee injuries. He's, apparently his knees are a little bit, little bit blown out right now, as you would expect. For if a, you get F5'd over the top rope, thrown down, I mean, you might as well just jump down onto your knees. No, 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 no. It's not even that. It's the fact that you have this guy who's that size, uh, who's you have doing these kinds of moves and matches. He's working four to five days a week in this kind of environment. Of course, his body's going to start to break down. And this is the the problem with the WWE schedule is that at some point, some of these guys who are very athletic, but their bodies just physically can't keep up with the kind of stresses that they're being put on. Put under, excuse me, and and I think that's what's happening with Strowman here. Again, we don't know, we don't know what the prognosis is. But if you saw him run on Monday Night Raw, you know something's wrong with his legs. It looked like Matt Hardy trying to run a little bit. Yeah, well, I give you that. Yeah, he, they they weren't completely straight like Hardy's were, but he was <laughs> he was definitely. I mean, and Hardy's got ten plus years on him, age sure. wise. You know, so that's well. 
I think Str- you asked me what I think about Strowman and is he done? I don't think he's done. He's I think it's done. business as usual for Strowman. Uh, you know, we we got past. I don't think the thing with Brock was even referenced, other than the the replays of Corbin hitting him with the title to set all that up. But I, I think it's just it's going to be a blip on the radar. We're going to move forward with Strowman as the monster face of Monday Night Raw all over again. We're going to be right back where we were six months ago. Uh, we're going to forget about that whole heel crap that he did with McIntyre and Ziggler, and Braun Strowman is back in the, the the place that he should be, rightfully so. Yeah, it's just it's it's in hindsight. Obviously, there's there was no predicting what happened with Roman uh, yeah. going out to leukemia, you know. But it's just it's such a, a a face palm in some ways that they had to turn Strowman heel. And then now he has to be face again, and Brock is champ. It's just, uh, it's such a cluster. I feel, I, I feel bad for anyone who's booking this show and having to try and, and fix these things. Um, I'm doing the uh, the Wayne's World deja vu. Uh, yeah, but it's, I don't know if it's as good the second time. People are starting to get sick of it. Uh, yeah. Next up, Alexa Bliss was made captain of the Survivor Series women's team, but she will not compete. Apparently, she is still injured. Uh, although there's some rumors of some backstage heat because uh, both she and Sasha have be- been accused lately of not having a good work rate, uh, being injured too much, etc. Uh, and so, and uh, so, this is a bit of a controversy. But here's the thing: injured is injured. If you can't work, you can't work. And we don't know the extent of Alexa's injury or the extent of Sasha. Well, I mean, we we heard Sasha tell us what happened with her with the concussion stuff. Uh, we don't know the extent of Alexa's injury, and frankly, numb fingers are nothing to mess around with, as far right. as I'm concerned. Like you don't, you don't play with that. Well, here's what I wanted to say about Alexa coming out. Uh, Baron Corbin called her out as the captain of the Women's Survivor Series team, and she came out to the ring in a pantsuit. And I went, "Huh? Authority angle, female GM potentially?" They did say that Braun Strowman had a problem with authority. It was. Yes, they I mean, did. They they are positioning it as the same way. It's it's it is a tried and true to put it nicely WWE trope of yep. the uh, the authority I, figures. I could totally see them doing a co GM thing with Corbin and Alexa Bliss, with Paige going on over on SmackDown Live, but having Corbin and Alexa Bliss as the sort of pseudo authority figures uh, aligned with Stephanie McMahon. And Alexa runs down the women, and and Corbin runs down the men. This could this could get really interesting and, de- and develop into something pretty cool. You know, it's funny. But I, I just want to say that I, I think Alexa would be perfectly suited for for that kind of a role. And I'm, I'm I was kind of excited to see her at not in ring gear, uh, but in that kind of role because just you talk about a good old Dick heel. Uh, just that that's she would fit that archetype perfectly, you know, and I'll take it one step further and say that, you know, if let's obviously no one wants this to happen. No one's hoping for this. But should a worst case scenario happen and something like what happened to Paige happens to Alexa where she or, you know, where she can no longer compete. She has the skill set outside of the ring to still have a ton of presence on the show whether as it's yep. as an authority figure as you said as a manager just as a general heel her mic work is so strong her heel persona is so good she absolutely could do a lot with that if that's what the case I, is but I, I could see her as a female paul Heyman type of advocate let's just nailing it let's not get crazy here uh, that's that's 
Well, what's she best at? She is best on the mic. We've all had our our say about whether or not she uh, is any good in the ring or not, and we won't get get there. But what she is absolutely best at is being that Healy Dick on the mic. I'll give her a Sunny or a, a Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart at best. No one is on Heyman's level. Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, so then we had a match. A rematch of Evolution, Natalia, Bailey, and Sasha versus the Riot Squad again. And this was just a way to get some more heat on the Riot Squad, essentially. Natalia had her late father's sunglasses. Uh, Jim the Anvil Needhart's uh, <laughs> eternal perpetual sunglasses. She brought those out to the ring. Not surprisingly, the match was a no contest after Ruby Riot snapped the glasses in half. Ooh, what a heel. Uh, that was all this was, literally all this was, but it's also putting in our mind which of these women is going to be in the Evolution match. Who is Alexa going to pick to be one of the five women or, or to, to be the five women on the team? Because we've got right off the top of my head in the two main women's angles on the show tonight, we had these six, and then we also had a match between Ember Moon and Nia Jax, where at the end, Nia pretty much won clean, but Tamina ended up coming out as well. And they Great. and they faced off and beat up Ember after the match, uh, and so now it looks like we're having an, a a Tamina and Nia uh, faction, I guess you could call it, or, or pairing. Which I mean, at least Tamina can do a Samoan drop properly. I actually thought Nia's looked better, to be honest with you. Mm, uh, I thought Tamina yeah. Tamina's was a little too short, but that's just that's just me. I know Nia can do no right in your eyes, sir. Correct. Uh, that, well, that's you know what you can pick on Nia. And you know what, and I'll pick on. I, I don't know how many. I'd, I'd be curious how many sho- how many times she separated Ember's shoulder, throwing her around like that. So, oh my you know, god, I'm just I'm I'm just saying. You know, if she shows up in two weeks with a shoulder injury, if one of her moves is a beal, that's what a beal pretty much looks like: is people getting tossed. Fine. Go go ask Bailey how what she thinks about it. She apparently thinks it's fine because she still takes that move every time they have a match. For the love yeah. of God, man. Uh, all right. So anyway, it looks like we're having a Tamina and Nia team up. Uh, but this and I couldn't be more excited. I can tell. And I, hey, you know what? In all honesty, I like this because if you think about it, the last time that Nia and Ronda had a feud, it was just Nia suddenly becoming a bully, and that was it. So they had to take it up a notch, and now they look back at like the Stone Cold Brothers of Destruction angle from like what a '98 or whatever it was, and yeah. that was a great angle. You've got the face who is nearly undefeatable. But then you've got these two monsters coming at him. And just visually, when they come out, you go, oh, man, he's really badass, but he's kind of screwed. And I like that. That that's, seems to be what they're going for with this. And Ember was just put over so hard at Evolution in that Battle Royale for them to, for them to have Nia beat her pretty clean um, and look dominant against her makes the, her and Tamina look because uh, she and Tamina cleaned house in that match. So if that's how they're now presenting the two of them, that could be a really good good angle for Ronda. And, and you know, as some coming out of Survivor Series after the whole Becky thing dies down, that could be a great next step, I think. It could be exciting. I, I'd rather have it be a thing where they put them in the Survivor Series match as the two infallible monsters, but, you know... We'll we'll have to see how all of that shakes out, or we or we know that they're not going to be there. That's kind of um, my question: is are either of them going to be in the Survivor Series match? Will Ember Moon, which of the six women from Natalia, Bailey, Sasha, and Riot Squad will be there? Because there's only five spaces, and that's nine women right there. 
So yep. and all any one of them could be in that match, and I don't know if you leave any of them out of Survivor Series, given where they are right now. So right, it's got to be Ember. If you're gonna if you're gonna run Nia up against uh, Ronda Rousey again, it's got to be Ember. Uh, so I would expect her to take that last spot. I actually could see Nia and Tamina interfering in the Becky and Ronda match and costing Ronda the match since it's non-title. To be yeah, honest with true. you, keeping Becky hot. I'm just gonna fuel f- that food and fu- fuel that f- fire. Fuel the fuel. Drew McIntyre beat Kurt Angle to be the captain of the men's team. This was oh, hang on, you got to set this up because this was epic. Kurt Angle comes out in the middle of this whole opening at the beginning, where you've got uh, all of the superstars at the top of the ramp. Uh, So this is before Braun Strowman came out to chase him away and says, "I challenge you for your captain's spot." Baron Corbin, yes. And uh, he said, well, you know, you'll just have to, you know, you'll have to beat me in a match, yada, yada, yada. Well, we find out later that Baron, being the sneaky little chicken shit that he is, puts him in a match instead with Drew McIntyre. Actually, I liked Kurt, Kurt's line there at the top of the ramp. He says, when I was GM, I, yeah. I, we settled things in the ring. So why don't we settle this in the ring? You versus me, Corbin. <laughs> Uh, and of course, Corbin immediately kind of like, ha, 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 uh, all right, fine. Uh, so yeah, so no, this is that was it was all a good setup, but then the actual match was basically built to make Drew look like an absolute monster, he, as if he needed that. Well, and I don't know what it does for Kurt either. If this is because he not only did he beat the crap out of Kurt. But he ended up putting him out with an angle slam and then an Kurt tapped to an ankle lock. So he tapped to his own moves, which really, that's like the ultimate, you know, just beating someone up. That's when you really have beat somebody up there. Uh, so I'm not the, mad at it though. It's it's it served a purpose. It's exactly what we expected out of Drew McIntyre. I didn't expect him to use his own moves. I'd like to or use Kurt's moves. I'd actually like to see. I don't know. Use your own move set. Well, again, it's if the, one of which that I, we only ever see is the Claymore. So uh, does he have other moves? He does, of course, he does. But this is the thing: is that it, I I like this in the terms of if WWE wants us to use this as a storytelling beat, where Kurt is on a redemption arc. Great. Fine, this works great for that. If it's just a short-term booking, hey, you're going to go out there and make Drew look like a monster, then it's kind of a waste, and it, they could have done it better, and they could have done it differently. And that was th- this has been a controversial finish all since the show. A lot of people yeah. did not like that this was how it went down, and frankly, I understand that. I understand why that is distasteful to some people because if it's just a story beat, if it's just to put Drew over in the short term, it really could have been done better. I agree, but I think there was a little more weight on this than just something that's going to be looked over because it was the main event of, of Raw. It was the what they rolled the credits to, what they threw the copyright up to, and it was it ended with Drew standing ominously at the top of the ramp looking back and Kurt staring back at him from the ring not believing what just happened. So I, there's going to be something else come out of this. I have to believe that Kurt is going to continue to pursue being the captain of the Survivor Series team. Or something. Somehow. Or something. Yeah. Beyond there, the team. There's more to this. I don't think this is a one and done kind of thing. I would. That's what I'm saying. I would like to think that that's the case. I would like to... Yeah hopefully think and again we try to stay positive on this show it's very easy to just you know bitch and complain about everything and that's not what we're here to do we're here to to 
enjoy ourselves. And yes. I, you know what I mean? So I, I would like to think, okay, well, they can do something with this. This is not the end of the world. So it's not the end of Kurt's world either. They could do a lot more with this. And I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to, to next Monday Night's Raw and seeing where they go with this, if it's just a one-off or if they decide to pick up the pieces here. I would have loved to have spent the rest of 2018 watching Braun Strowman as the Universal Champion and Drew McIntyre pursuing him. You know, maybe even going all the way into Royal Rumble. I'm dreaming, I know, because that's not what happened. But in my mind, at Crown Jewel, Braun Strowman somehow got that championship. I would have and not even Brock. liked it if if Braun got it off of Brock and then the next night lost it to Drew McIntyre in some yeah. big screw job, and then he was yes. chasing Drew. That would have been cool too. But that didn't, fantastic. But that didn't happen. However, there were titles that did change hands on this Monday Night Raw. And this we're going to have a bit of a, a chew on. We're going to chew on this one for a second because Seth came out. Seth Rollins came out draped in gold, both tag team belts over his neck and the IC belt around his waist. Nice to see the tag belts back on Monday Night Raw again, huh, Nick? Yes, well done, guys. Uh, but so he came out to the ring and was forced by Corbin into a handicap match for the tag belts. We wondered how they were going to get the belts off of him and Dean. Well, they apparently pulled, they pulled the trigger really quickly on it because AOP came out, and even though Seth did bravely fight, he was overwhelmed ultimately by AOP, who are now your tag champions. And then, of course, afterwards, Dean came out, did not explain his actions once again, beat down Seth, and that was that. Really, I don't think we need to talk too much about the Dean thing. You know that's that's going to keep evolving. No, it was a little yeah. it was a little sub bullet at the end of this whole thing. I want to give a huge shout out to Seth, frankly, on my part, for the work that he did, basically carrying that match, throwing them out of the ring repeatedly. Suic- I think he did twenty seven suicide dives during that one match. I, it was amazing to watch. This was a great example of why Seth Rollins is so is Seth Rollins and why we're so high on him because he could take two those two monsters. And just run with him by himself. Doesn't even need a tag partner. And frankly, I actually thought they were going to put him over the AOP. There was a moment about halfway through the match when he really started to get hot and doing those suicide dives back and forth. I was like, hmm, they might actually leave these belts on him as just a kind of an fu to dean and as an fu to aop too but <laughs> sure Thank because why have it why have a legit tag division that anymore? was that was kind of I've, what i was I've started about. to come around and just accept the fact that that's that's the way it is now i'm glad they didn't do that i'm glad i actually thought seth got too much uh, offense on aop to make them look like a legit tag team but at, at any rate at the at the end of the day you know, yes, Dean will deal with Dean later. He didn't give an explanation. He doesn't need to. That can happen after Survivor Series, or they can even make a match for the IC belt. No, I guess Seth already has a match. So, yeah, it can happen after Survivor Series. But as far as AOP goes, they're the tag champs now. Great. We know from later in the week they're going to have a big tag match at Survivor Series. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, because, you know, they needed to have some tag champs that weren't Seth and Dean to be able to defend the belts at Survivor Series. That's one right. of the reasons why they did it. But here's the thing. They never should have taken the damn tag belts off of a tag team in the first place because the tag belts added virtually nothing to this top-of-the-card feud all through the summer and the fall. Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler did not need the tag belts to have important matches with Seth and Dean, right? Agreed. Seth and Dean winning the tag belts on the day that Roman went out was, you could argue, uh, used to create heat for Dean Ambrose's heel turn. 
but it was not necessary. You could have booked all of those matches if you had created other stakes that were important that did not involve the belts, and it could have you worked. Had the Intercontinental title around Seth's waist, you could have just used that. Even that has you know, even it, that has been given a back seat, and the prestige that the Miz gave to it is has been lessened. The fact of the matter yeah. is, is that it's just it's it's lazy booking to have had those belts on Seth and Dean and Dolphins and and Drew this entire time. It's lazy booking. And so now finally we have it back on a tag team only because they had to have it on a tag team for Survivor Series. And hopefully this means because they're going to have to produce five tag teams from Raw for that match at Survivor Series. Uh, for another match, we now have tag champs, so it's going to be the Bar versus AOP at uh, Survivor Series. You know, hopefully now we can actually get a tag division going on Raw now that the belts are back re- in a tag team. I don't team. remember doing a tag Survivor Series match, uh, tag team Survivor Series match in the past. Was this a new thing that they did this year? I don't know if it's never been done before, but it's. I, I think it has been done before, but this is uh first time in a while, yeah. We have to find 10 tag teams from both programs to put on a tag team Survivor Series six, match? Six, actually, because those champs have their own match. It's one of the reasons why Lucha, wow. it's why Lucha House Party, I believe, came to Raw. They showed up on Raw to establish that they're one of those teams. So, And the Colognes might come out of the, the woodwork, too. Who knows? We might see some people we haven't seen in a while. So, might get the fashion police back. No, no. Uh, Fandango's still injured, but we, might, we may okay. see Rhino and, and Slater on uh, on raw for the first time in a while they've been down in main event but yeah so you know but the fact of the matter is okay aop's got the belts now will we actually see some tag matches in the future or is this just they did they just have to do it because of survivor series and i really hope it's the former and not the latter and that i, I me too i hope it's the reboot that we were hoping for coming out of wrestlemania six months ago that, that's my sincere hope because it, it's been in shambles ever since because of some of the things that you rattled off and then some. It's actually, I, it started at WrestleMania when the damn belts were won by a 14-year-old child. At 12, but sure, Sorry. I get your point. Uh, Fourth grader. <laughs> but they, I'm looking at the revival. I'm looking at Anderson and Gallows. I, I, I'm hoping Who? that this is the reboot we've been pining for of legit tag teams and not just pairings of two single superstars in an ad hoc tag team, sure, which is but fine. Every once in a while, tag teams but. that have come all the way up. You know, so we we'll talk about it later. We got to see Sanity again this week. I have high hopes for them. You know, there, there's other tag teams. NXT is stacked with legit tag Holy teams crap. right now. Who I feel bad uh, for because they, they got nowhere to go. You know, what well, I mean? maybe you know what maybe I mean. Maybe not. If, maybe if this is the reboot we're hoping for, maybe we get it. So I it's it's actually a little bit out there to left field. and Then we'll get back on track. But the, with the tag teams, they have an NXT SmackDown and Raw and main event. You could have a whole show just about tag teams. That's how many I would they watch have. it every That's single how many they have. week. Can you imagine like with the talent they have on some of these teams, the, the matches they could have anyway? Uh, Two five live too has some good tag teams. Anyway, moving on. Uh, thank God the belts are back on a tag team. Moving on. Yes. Lashley, Lashley, Lashley. He well, he came out and he finally got a win on Finn Balor, probably because they were in England and you know he knew he'd get heat for that. But then anyway, then anyway, great. A giant, a giant muscle uh, killed <laughs> a little hundred and sixty pound man. <laughs> oh great! Oh no, I mean, was, are we back to Lashley and Sammy feud, Sammy Zayn feud territory again? It just feels silly. Well, this could have been something. It's just the, the again. It's just been the same thing week in and week out with no real added stakes or interesting 
angles to it. That's just, hey, we're going to have a match again. Hey, we're going to have a match again. This time we're going to get you. Well, yeah, of course, at some point, finally he gets Finn. Great. Big deal. Where does this go from here? I don't even know if the fact that Drew McIntyre came out afterwards and claymored Finn, if that means anything. Or if Finn was just uh, if, if Finn was just being he had a standoff with Lashley as well earlier in the show if I remember right yeah that's still heel uh, on or heel. was it at the end of this match where he walks yeah. out they he faced comes off out a little bit. early and he says do me please make a move Bobby you know something like that along those lines and Lashley just steps aside and gets out of the ring sure I would not be mad at a Lashley and McIntyre feud other than Lashley just seems to have nothing going right. Ever since he's come back, I don't know, Leo. And, and so I, Leo Rush is is well beloved by Vince McMahon, according to all reports. Apparently, uh, Vince loves him some Leo Rush, so he's going to be kept around just for Leo Rush, if nothing else. And so he yeah. uh, he probably has plans for him because if you think about it, Finn Balor is upper mid card at this point. Bobby Lashley is upper mid card at this point. That's where sure. this that's where this is being positioned. So it's not like he's having it's, he's not Apollo Cruz. Right, he's he's not uh, uh, like Mojo Rawley. He's doing just fine where he is, and the same with Finn Balor. Yeah. They're at a pretty good place in the card if you're not being pushed for the belts. So as far as that goes, but it's just the problem is is there's nothing interesting going on here. All of their creative energy is being spent higher up, and the question is, will Lashley become involved with the Survivor Series match? Will Finn? Who's getting left out in the cold? And what are yeah. they going to do? So to be determined, I suppose. Yeah, and they only have a week to determine it, guys. We figured all this yeah. out on SmackDown, but no, that's okay. We can wait. It's fine. Uh, yeah, they'll cobble. They'll cobble it all together at the last minute. Next I week. guess my criticism here is that they had an opportunity to do something with this, where it wasn't just another time that these guys fight. You know, it was. It could have been something that related to Survivor Series. You don't have much time. You have to get things done for it. Why wasn't this given more important? storytelling here as opposed to just being a match does the, you know what i mean yeah so unless i i, I can't imagine that they're gonna they that they could not have done something this week that then could have been the bar could have been raised next week on it uh and made it more exciting as opposed to waiting for next week to do whatever they're planning on doing with these people right one of the things i think they got right this week uh was and, and i'm going to kind of talk about it in the context of both uh, appearances in both shows right now because I think it's fitting. Uh, Ronda Rousey comes out to give a, a pretty badass promo uh, in the middle of the ring, starting off kind of nice and smiley Ronda, but then really starts laying into Becky about being part of the circus and uh, being a stewardess, a uh, flight attendant, uh, and all this other stuff. My mother says, was waking you know, me up in, a, in an arm bar when you were in clown school and that kind of thing. Yeah. I am a well-honed machine beaten down by years. It was a little bit scripted and a little bit awkward, I thought, but Rhonda has... She's getting better. <laughs> she, is, she is better. This one had its, its, its upsides and its downsides. It had its good moments and its bad moments, but she sells it because she has that stink face that is just so legit. Like it's yeah. it's funny because there was a competing promo on SmackDown that we'll talk about in a second where Becky basically did the same thing back. It's funny to see the comparisons between the two. Because yep. Ronda has a really good I'm going to kick your ass face. Like it's really good. I genuinely think she could kick my ass. I really do. And not just because of her face, but her face doesn't help. Every time she makes that face I'm like, "Oh, oh god." But I mean, I'd let her. But okay, that's well. But then Becky, conversely, has a much better promo and a much more natural promo. But her 
I'm going to kill you face just seems more pouty. It doesn't it doesn't convince me in the same way. No, it's she's not on she's not aggressive, you know, she's not a tactical nuke pointed in the her, in the other in her opponent's direction. She's more of a flippant Eh, who the hell are you? But when what, she, why should I even care? But when she tries to turn it on, the I'm going to kick your ass face, her I'm going to kick your ass face is not as... I'm just saying that they're they're both really good at what they do. One's strength is another's weakness and so on and so forth. It was more just kind of a speculation. Um, yeah. Or just kind of looking at it. Doesn't Not really important because, again, um, the real th- question here is, can these two build a match with each other with just words across the brands, like like you know promos, just doing promos to hard cam. Do you think they can That's do it? That's the one thing I was going to bring up was they sh- probably should have saved this for the go home shows and done something else. Because now, what are they going to do next week? Right. Well, and th- but this is why it's good that there's only two weeks. <laughs> In case you didn't believe me last week, I'm for cereals going to kick your ass. This, you know? It could. I mean, think of there's not three weeks to, to go through. We might have a repeat of DX and Brothers of Destruction just coming out and giving promos week after week after week. Oh, you know God. what I mean? Thank God there's only two weeks for them to have to do this because, honestly, I'm ready to see those two go at it right now. That's going to be a fun match. I hope. I hope they book it well. Uh, speaking of Apollo Crews, he had a match with Jinder Mahal where he went over clean. I don't know if that's a sign that they have plans for Crews or they're starting to rebuild him. But uh, it could also be a stop-start push, which it has been so far with him, where he, hey, it's Apollo Crews. Okay, he's gone. That happened with Chad Gable, too, where for a hot second, they were like, it's Chad Gable. Okay, and then he's gone again. So I don't know if this is something significant or not, but he did beat a former WWE champion, and the commentary was nutting all over him. So I'm going to say Apollo may be seeing something in the future. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, no, no. no. <laughs> There's just no room right now, honestly. I'm, it's not a knock against his athleticism. Uh, I just we've. I don't think we've ever seen that guy on the mic consistently. Um, he he's kind of a one trick pony. He's he's just a super athlete in the sense that you know what he, his abilities. The sad thing is, so I remember I, seeing I him as Uha Nation in, in the Indies, and he's not a one trick pony. He's a many trick pony. He just has not been the, given the chance to showcase. He it hasn't or, been used as a many trick pony. Exactly. Yeah. They haven't made, they haven't let the pony out of the damn stable. So yes, uh, hopefully he's hopefully he is given a chance to shine. But the problem is, he still needs a damn character. I liked the, when they were teasing him going heel because he could be an interesting heel. He needs to be interesting, and he's a completely bland babyface, and that's been the biggest thing working against him since he came up from NXT. Uh, speaking uh, of, I think he'd be he'd be an interesting like Ru- interesting one like Rusev if he had an advocate. And I'm wondering why they never did Dana Brooke as a statistician or something like that alongside without Titus Worldwide or tying it to anything like that. Why not have Dana Brooke be his? You know, uh, manager and statistician for because he's this super athlete. But that's what the that's that's what I'm talking about with the start stop push. They did for a second. It looked like they were going to go that way, and then no, Dana Brooke went off and did her own thing, and Titus Worldwide just broke up in three ways as opposed to the two of them breaking off and and having a thing going. It right, you know what I mean? Like it's it, that's the problem here is they just keep start stopping with these pushes and it's like one week they get a great idea and then they forget it two weeks later and this seems to be a running thing speaking of of uh of 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 face turns and heel turns elias now clearly a face beat dolph ziggler clean 
And would you believe it wasn't on the Hulu edition? No, it wasn't. Well, that, I, that doesn't actually doesn't surprise me too much. They had a lot to get through this week. But that being said, do check it out. Uh, if you didn't, see, if you saw the Hulu edition, if, if that's the only one you can get your hands on, check it out on YouTube. It is worth it because Elias is well beloved in England, especially when he comes out playing Seven Nation Army. But yeah, he but he beat. Let me put this again. He beat. Dolph Ziggler clean and I know Ziggler has had his ups and downs you know ever since last year when he laid down the U.S. title for some ungodly reason that was never explained but he's also just recently gone nearly all the way in the best of the world tournament he's been a recent tag champ he's been on TV a lot he's been shown to be able to go toe-to-toe with people like Seth Rollins and Elias just beat him clean so that's a big I mean if you're if you're questioning if they're if they got plans for Elias they got plans for life. God damn. There's no, there's no question because that's about the only way Dolph Ziggler lays down for you in that sense. Yeah, uh, it's it, 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 especially at the level he's at right now. Kind of again, another one of those upper mid card right there alongside Drew for at least the last year. So I, I it, the fact that they're putting Elias clean over Ziggler right now, that is a 100 percent rubber stamp. Of they got plans for a lot. I just still think it's bizarre that they could have done a lot more with him as a heel. I think it's just weird to see Elias as a face with his whole gimmick. I think it's just he was getting too many positive reactions, and it's kind of like when people get forced to be heels, they were kind of forced to turn him face. I don't know. It's really weird. We'll see if he has anything to do with Survivor Series or... If the reason it was off the Hulu edition was because they wanted to just have it be something where they made Elias look good, but it wasn't really that big of a deal in long-term stories. Do you think he'll actually make it onto the uh, Survivor Series team? That's what Raw, I'm saying. With with this in mind, I don't you know. Make, does he have an argument now to be on the team over Dolph Ziggler uh, because he did just beat him? Well, here. there's two spots left on the team, and I don't think that those two. Well, first of all, those those spots will not be Seth or Dean. We know that because one's got a match and the other one will probably be <laughs> some ways involved with that match um there's a lot of other people circling that those two open spots kurt angle bobby lashley finn balor and as you said elias so there's there's a lot of people who could do it we'll see if if one of them's elias i don't know if that would really be the best thing for him i think again he's a role player and he might just come out and do a song you know what I mean? And just hype the crowd up. Sure. That's what he's that's what he's that's what he's good at. So yeah. lots of matches uh to talk about, but more of them we have to talk about because most of the matches of the week were confirmed over on SmackDown Live. Well, apparently Shane McMahon is not a heel. Nope. Yet? <laughs> what is? I, I don't know what the hell is going on with Shane McMahon right now, and why the hell he did he win the Best in the World tournament? And I think he explained it a little bit to me, but I was wondering what you thought here because he came out and he said, "Well, if if it wasn't going to be Miz, he just wanted to bring it home to the Blue Brand." Boy, did is, he, is, was that the gist of this? Whole when thing? was the last time you heard Shane get that roundly booed? anywhere and England seriously England's a pretty lively crowd so it was interesting so you know the show starts off with Paige basically congratulating Shane McMahon on being the best in the world and giving him his trophy which on the one hand he yanked away from her very quickly to pose with in a photo op but then he put it aside and said okay all of that aside I know I'm not the best in the world I was just basically I, I, I had to make a spot decision I went with my emotions just to make sure that Stephanie didn't get one over on SmackDown. 
which is why I'm so invested now in the Survivor Series match because he basically positioned it as a, a, a outside of kayfabe. It was positioned as a way to make Shane look like he's, again, he's rabidly obsessed with not letting Raw get one up on SmackDown was how it was. Or, his, or more meta, his sister. Right, exactly. Yeah. But it did, it was weird. If they were trying to make this genuine, it came off as being slightly disingenuous and there's still lots of questions hovering around as to whether or not Shane, I mean, it's still, Shane could easily turn heel at Survivor Series or next week or <laughs> whenever and it would totally all still line up. So it's, it's, I don't think in any way, either because of performance or writing or whatever, uh, I don't think that it, it was solved at all or it's fixed at all. I don't think that he, he established that he was not a heel. There's just been too many things, one after the other, that he's done that are questionable, like that just leave a bad taste in your mouth if you want to root for the guy. And that's evident in the way that the audience reacted to him. They, yep. didn't, they didn't want to accept his explanation. They didn't want to... Uh, to come around and cheer for him eventually, even though he tried his hardest to get them back on his side. Well, he did try to do that by naming the men's Survivor Series team captain while he was there in the ring with Paige to an introduction to Daniel Bryan, who came out as he is going to be the men's Survivor Series team captain. But as as they were explaining it and talking about it, all of a sudden, Miz's music pops... And he comes down making a case for, look, I carried SmackDown all the way through to the final, and until an errant injury, I was going to bring that thing home. So I think I deserve to captain the Survivor Series team. I agree with him. Val- which very valid which point. Was, and, and that's what even I liked. Here's okay. Let's stop real quick and just say this: SmackDown's writing was on this yes. week on well, it's like uh, i said know, earlier in the show they watched raw the night before like we got to get our shit together <laughs> like despite what i just said about about the shane thing i you know on some level i think they want to keep their options open so yeah they would write him as you know I, I, again i think it might be even the performance that it came across as disingenuous or it's just such a, a shitty booking idea there was no way out of it to make him the, win that whole tournament I, i'm but all the but bottom convinced line is, it's a middle finger to saudi arabia now uh, or I'm, I'm or cm or cm punk or, or somebody yeah. just who knows? Or just just a, a middle finger? Like, yeah, we don't give a <laughs> we don't give a crap. Who knows? We'll never really know, probably. But the the end at the end of the day, yeah, the writing here was brilliant. They took a lot of things that were right in front of our face. A lot of times, WWE tries to obfuscate and obscure the obvious just to try and get over a point where they could just say what we all see and have it work like they did here with The Miz saying, dude, I won two of the three matches, and if I hadn't busted my ankle, I could have beaten Ziggler. He's not wrong. Agree. He he won both of his matches clean. You know what I mean? Like, Ziggler didn't even win his matches clean. Like, Miz held up his end of the bargain, so if he's calling himself two-thirds of the best in the world, which he did for the rest of the show obnoxiously, He's not wrong. So it was well, uh, that taking was, out Mysterio and Jeff Hardy, two legends on right. the way. Clean. <laughs> uh, okay. So, <laughs> so no, he made a good case for it. And if, so as a result, he was, he, and, and I liked how everyone said, no, you're Miz. You're kind of right. You do deserve it. Uh, so they made Miz and Daniel Bryan co-captains again. 
great idea. Here's a feud that kind of fizzled out a little bit for various reasons that we won't get into right now, but this is a great way to find a new look at it. These guys can't stand each other. Let's make them an odd couple and make them deal with each other all show long. (laughs) And it was entertaining as hell every time they had a bit and they were trying to figure out who else they were going to put on the Survivor Series team. And that was the main thrust of the show was who else will these guys put on the team? Unlike Raw, where we still don't know who else is on the team and they had all the opportunities in the world to make those matches mean something and they didn't, here, every match meant something. Every match on this show had stakes. Well, I like how it wasn't a uh, just, okay, you pick one and then I'll pick one and then we'll agree on another one. No, each of them picked one and then they put them in a match together to see who the person, the winner would be. Well, the first thing they did, that brilliant. And the first thing they did though was, was both pick Shane. They both said uh, they for different reasons. Miz said that he wanted Shane because you know he was kissing his ass, and Daniel Bryan said, "No, I hate to agree with Miz. I really do, but he's right. No one gives more of a crap about SmackDown than you, obviously, because of what you just did. Uh, but right. you know, you're you, once again, you should be on. The, obviously, they've never seen Shane actually in a match at Survivor Series because he always costs his team the match by being too hot headed. But whatever, it's neither here nor there." The fact, the point is, Shane was the first one in. And then, as you said, yes, we had two matches to determine the other two entrants with each of the people in the match picked by Daniel Bryan and Miz to compete to see who was going to get it. And it was the first one I got to admit, I never saw coming. I don't think anybody did. It it hit me over the head like, oh, my God, I didn't even think about this since Mysterio had come back. But we got set up with Rey Mysterio from Daniel Bryan versus Andrade Cien Almas from The Miz. Yep. Whoa! And probably one of the best just like one-off eh, throwaway matches you're going to see on on WWE TV. And like, unless it's built as like a dream match, just like a one-off quick, hey, here's a match. This was outstanding. It was a great yeah. match. Great TV match. Uh, as, as you would expect, Mysterio versus Cien Almas. Mysterio can still go. I didn't see CN carrying him a lot. It was a lot of both of them picking their weight. Yep. And it was a great, uh, fun match to watch. I thought that, actually, if anything, Ray might have gone a little harder than he normally would have on TV just to make CN Almas look good. Because, of course, Ray would be invested in having a, a luchador star look oh, good on TV. So oh, yeah. I, I, I kind of felt like Ray was, was working a little harder uh, out of respect for Cien, which awesome it and it worked. Uh, but Ray ultimately, as you would expect, picked up the win and then immediately got an RKO out of nowhere for his trouble. As I suspected, it looks like we're heading into a Randy Orton and Ray Mysterio feud coming out of the fallout from Crown Jewel, et cetera, et cetera. So hey, look, it's 2006. I, pff, I, I, just I just after it. his 2004 feud with Jeff Hardy. <laughs> You know what, though? Those are feuds I don't mind seeing again because they can all still work. I'm looking at yep. you, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, uh, Undertaker, and Kane. Hello. So I just, I'll watch that again. That's fine. Ray and, Ray and Randy Orton with all the things they've picked up and all their history. Okay, fine. That could be a good feud. All right. No problem with yep. that. But Ray is now on the Survivor Series team, and will Orton's vendetta for him affect that somehow? That's an interesting angle as well. I like the fact that they included that. Drama, drama, drama. Well, not well, not as not, next not up, as much speaking drama. Speaking of Jeff Hardy, uh, that was I, we, we weren't going to get out of the show without talking about him. The next picks were Jeff Hardy from Daniel Bryan 
but the Miz counters powerfully with Samoa Joe. <laughs> Did not see this coming either. Well, uh, these two being paired together, I mean. We were wondering what Joe would be up to at Survivor Series. I'm happy yep. to say that after demolishing Jeff Hardy, he will be a part of the Survivor Series team. I also like the fact that to end all of this and to end the show, after a whole show of everyone trying to tell Daniel Bryan to keep his cool and The Miz just being smarmy but kind of chill, at the end of the whole thing, Joe, who very recently, last time that he and Daniel Bryan were in the ring together, he choked out Daniel Bryan. Right. And they, and they, they reminded us of that by having Joe get out of the ring after the match and get up in Daniel Bryan's personal space. Uh, there is a bit of a, a of a crotch face there. Daniel Bryan sitting at ringside, and Joe comes up and is like, "Like how my shorts smell? Mmm, mmm, smells like sweat." <laughs> so Daniel Bryan. Oh, that's did not, right. They were uh, ringside for commentary. Yeah, Daniel Bryan and Miz were on commentary. Miz, of course, trying to tell Daniel Bryan to keep his cool as Joe was crotch facing him, but Daniel Bryan could not keep his cool. Laid out Joe, and then uh, Miz came in to get Daniel Bryan off of Joe in the middle of the ring. Lays out Miz. Shane comes out. He hip tosses Shane and uh, then stalks away to end the show while everyone in the ring's going, What, Dan? What, what's up, man? We got to be a team for Survivor Series. <laughs> Top to bottom, front to back, this show built stories for Survivor Series, every, every aspect of which I'm interested in. Yes. And I mean, well, the question is what's left for next week for their go home show? If they've gotten it all done now, what's, they what's left? No, they haven't. They, they, they got plenty of stuff to work with now. You can crystallize all of these things a lot next week, whether it's Ray and Orton and his, his issues or the dynamics between Daniel Bryan, Miz, uh, Shane, and Joe. You've got tons to work with and probably uh, just perfect amount of time one week and you'll get it right where you want the sweet spot next week i thought they set themselves up perfectly to roll into survivor series i thought this was really well done at the top of the card so do we prefer them being quick this way uh, picked this way i should say this quickly or do we want you know do we like the way raw's doing it where they're leaving a couple dangling out there to uh, to wet us uh, on the go home show i prefer i the way that they did this this year i as opposed to last year where it took forever to get everything set up and there was just so much excess stuff or looking at raw this year where they said we'll do half one week and half another week smackdown just did it better we're going to give you a certain amount of information right now and then we'll be able to evolve that information and what it means for Survivor Series next week. That is, a, It was a way cleaner way of doing it. And Raw, yeah. I think, I'm not as excited to see the next steps for Raw, whereas I'm more excited to see the next steps for SmackDown. So, yeah. Good way to put it. Well, earlier when we were talking about Monday Night Raw, I mentioned the, uh, the Battle of Words uh, cross-show between Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. This time we got to see Becky Lynch uh, come out and give her response. Yep. Um, and and we've I feel like we've covered that already, so I don't want to spend yeah, too no, her, terribly much time on that. But her her response I thought was better than Ronda's promo. As I said, Ronda's face was better than Be- Becky's facials, but that was not the story here. Yes, the story here has to do with the fact that she worked herself up. <laughs> she worked herself up into a uh, into wanting to fight something. So she, well, she I can't leave this ring until I've got a little bit of competition. Yep. So I have to admit <laughs> I didn't see coming what happened. I don't think and, anybody saw this coming. Uh when they when they started doing the spotlights and the helicopters and I went what? what? Are, is sanity going to come out and 
somehow instigate something that's I, I as soon oh, as the sanity oh, oh. It, it, and it was that moment in the yeah. middle of the whole processing thing yes where i got it and it clicked yeah. it was right around the moment that their music kicked i was kind of like when the when the helicopters and everything kicked in i was going sanity huh music kicked in i go oh yes yes <laughs> and there was a it, uh, I, I would love to know real quick before we get to this uh i would love to know for people who do not watch xt if you are on our Facebook discussion group. Please let me know there because I'm I'm always fascinated by different people's experiences of this show. Obviously, we have ours as people who watch this and watch all different levels of of WWE programming and, and indie programming and, and New Japan, etc. I want to know people that just watch the main shows or don't watch NXT or you know partly listen to us, catch it every once in a while. What was your first impression of the young lady who came out with Sanity? Nikki Cross, because I thought it looked cool as hell to have her come running out of this mist like a freak, just screaming and giggling and laughing the way that she does, and then rushing down to the ring. The camera guys are obviously not used to Nikki Cross. They were having a hard time keeping up with her. <laughs> as you would. <laughs> NXT, they figured her out, but main roster, they're like, Shit, where's she going? Uh, what was your... I, I love how Killian Dane just stands there while she's just hitting him, and he's like, oh, that's just what she she's does. She's just slapping away at him. Well, that is her boyfriend, so she can do what oh, she wants. That's what I mean. What's their home life like? Is she just <laughs> running around, climbing the walls, and slapping him, and, she, and he just sits there, continues to drink his beer and lots watch of, TV? Lots of her coughing up hairballs. Anyway, so <sighs> there, I would, yeah, I just want to know what people think about this match and what they thought about the first impression of Nikki Cross. Uh, what I thought this was a great debut. I thought this was a yes. great way to debut her. She obviously, like, she put Becky back on her heels a little bit. And obviously Becky being Becky did a good job of selling both that she was a little bit put off by Nikki Cross, but also like, well, I'm not going to back down to this chick. And then, yeah. they, then they had a pretty entertaining match as well. So I, I thought I, I'm, I don't know if Nikki's up permanently now, if she's going to start phasing out of NXT, I think she should be. She's kind of done there. She needed to stick around there for the Aleister Black angle. And now I don't think they have anything else for her really down there. And sanity needs her. Sanity needs I, to I have that. I can see her. Sanity does need her. I 100, and I'll come back to that. But I do think they do still need her to see through this Johnny Gargano and Aleister Black thing because now that Candice LeRae is involved, there is an opportunity there for the two of them, for, for Nikki Cross to be in Aleister Black's corner. That's the only argument I would make. And it, that would be a really fun kind of tete-a-tete you know well we'll discuss but it when I we get to the, the nxt segment yeah yeah absolutely yeah let's let's not because that, that, that was addressed this week that was addressed this week we'll get yeah to yeah, that. yeah uh but i do want to say that this is the way we wanted sanity to come up and I, we can go yeah. back and find the shows that we talked about i think it was the royal rumble earlier this year time frame where we knew we were going to start seeing some surprises from last year's nxt teams start to make their way up to the main roster and we we started to get those video promos for sanity, and I remember us discussing several times. Man, I hope they bring Nikki Cross up with them because of the faction dynamic that that yep. adds for both the ladies and the men's side, and they all always come out together and support each other in any situation, whether it's a women's or a men's match. This, to me, I hope is exactly what we've been hoping for all year. I hope it cements that because um, I agree with you. I think she she's 
you know, good two years uh, on TV in NXT. That's enough. She, we need to get her up to the main roster, along with Ruby Riot and Asuka, who she had feuds with. They're up on the main roster. Let's get her up there, too. Absolutely. And there's there's something that you really can say about her with Sanity. She is that ephemeral something. She, she is that uh, unquantifiable little extra thing that puts Sanity from being another three weird guys in a chaos outfit to being the next level, you're like, who is this chick with these guys? It it yeah. takes them to another level. So I'm looking and forward to seeing. she's the crazy one running around all over the place, not them. That's exactly. Like, they're all pretty nuts. She's the really crazy one. So it's, yeah. it, it's, <laughs> it is, it's just that je ne sais quoi that, you know, she does, she does bring that extra level to them. I hope that that translates to the main roster. We're going to find out. We yeah. are also going to find out who all will be involved in the tag team survivor series match we did get that officially announced on smackdown as well as the match for who will captain team smackdown which was the new day versus the usos who by the way cannot not put on a baller match even this match which wasn't even there there were not really i mean other than captaining this this survivor series match wasn't really a lot of stakes it was more of a showcase or like an extra credit match well, it was a, uh, of the of the history of these two teams yeah, yeah. and it was still amazing yeah. it was just so much fun to watch yeah this is i mean they're they're nowhere near in the league of like say seamus orton or orton Cena or nothing but they've they've worked each other a lot in the last oh, yeah. couple of years oh yeah but they're still really entertaining as hell and they always pull out new things they've got great chemistry so this was still a great match and as you said it wasn't a ton of stakes but it was still enough that they were fighting for something real and then i like the fact that at the end we even had the extra added feel-good moment of the usos after putting away the new day turning around and saying you know what guys we have fought back and forth addressing it we fought back and forth for a long time now we got nothing but respect for you guys you are our first pick to be on the smackdown team there's no one no one deserves it more great moment just great feel good all around you know in a great match and then a nice happy moment those can happen sometimes in wrestling guys thank you for giving it it giving it to us It, it, it was it was awesome it was it was there are too few moments like this like usos and new day hugging it out kota ibushi reuniting with kenny omega and there's just too much Dean Ambrose turning on people and Seth Rollins stabbing people in the back. Tommaso Ciampa, that bald bastard. Son of a bitch. Uh, uh, Anyway, sorry. Moving on. Uh, The women's Survivor Series team was built in one segment. You hear that, Raw? One segment. We built the women's Survivor Series team, and we got some interesting dynamics going on in it. Yeah, it got a little weird. But it all got done. We got all of our storylines out of the way. In one segment. Sure. They pulled it off. You know what I mean? There's a lot to do, and SmackDown is a two-hour show, and they pulled it off. It was uh, So we had it officially announced. Paige came out and said, here is your team. It will be Naomi, Sonya, Asuka, Carmella, and they all came out, and Charlotte, and she didn't come out. Oh, her music so, kicked, and she doesn't come out. That's what I mean. And then yeah. all of a sudden, Mandy. Mandy. Mandy, oh my God, says Graves. Um, so yeah, so Mandy Rose comes out and says, why was Sonya picked <laughs> and not me? I'm right. the better blonde. I'm better than Charlotte. Came out, ran everybody in the ring down, burned Carmella to the ground by say- <laughs> saying that she's a terrible wrestler and her, her she's a lot like her title reign, short and pointless. Um, 
<laughs> just <laughs> oh yeah yeah and then uh made some sort of sideways comment about naomi and no, naomi and jimmy uso which nobody's I mean, feeling the glow just ask your husband oh okay was that what it was i yeah. i misheard it then yeah. uh, but that all right sick burn naomi jumps her there's a whole big there's a whole big scuffle in the middle of the ring so this is now we so we have two angles here for the women's survivor series match charlotte uh self-doubting herself after losing to becky which i love let's let's give charlotte a redemption angle it makes her more of an engaging character and it keeps the audience from thinking she's a roman she's a female roman reigns that needs to happen because she's not um and then also we have this growing thing going on with mandy and sonia deville which which is interesting interesting because i think two weeks ago we brought that up specifically uh, that they needed to split those two up and give them some singles time. So it's interesting. They, like I've always been saying, they listen. Okay, <laughs> they, they've been they 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 finally listened and they're splitting these two up. And I hope that they get to have a feud with each other because I, with their the amount of time that they've spent together over the last what two, three, four, five years together, coming up all the way through NXT, it's it it they've got to have some really good ring chemistry. And I'd love yeah. to see them have some matches together and let us truly see. What, they're what capable they of. can do? What the, yeah. what are they well, really? What's their ceiling? What are they just, capable of? Just keep in mind, Nick. You know, and, and I will say this in defense of the WWE writers who listen to this show, and that is that you know it's a big uh, Byzantine organization. It's really yeah. hard to get some things done there. Now, obviously, when they listen to our ideas, it does take a little while to implement some of them, just because it's it's hard to move a ship that big. Sure. So I I give them the, that you know it takes a little while. I'm glad they got this going so quickly. That being said. I also have to give props to Mandy for cutting a pretty decent heel promo. You know, they're putting out people from NXT who really are, they've got it all because they, they're trying to build complete superstars. They went to Dusty's promo class. You know what I mean? They went to submission school. They know all the different things that they can do, and, they, and they, they went to character school, so they know who they are. And the longer you spend down there, the more of that you get. So Mandy obviously had some good promo work because she she was it was good here so we have more to do next week now so we have some more aspects to, to do next week yeah i feel like the ceiling is really high for mandy i've been excited for her for just you know from the strength her entering ability seems pretty strong even though we haven't seen that much of it yet and i i hadn't heard much of her on the mic until this promo this week and it kind of was the all right cool i'm ready to she go on that. mandy you know yep. she, turn turn her loose i know she's the Sort of, uh, there were a lot of people that thought she was kind of the second coming of Eva Marie in the very beginning, and, and we were worried. It's the and entrance. I, and, it's and, the entrance. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'll admit there was part of me that went, "Oh God, they may be right, but I don't think so. I think she's no. a lot better." And she I'm, can I'm happy actually that she's wrestle. Proving me right. She can actually wrestle, and she can actually cut a legit promo, which we saw this week. This is the difference between having someone come in who's a swimsuit model and someone who comes in comes in who's an athlete. It's a, a very fitness, big difference. Yeah, a fitness exactly. athlete who may look like she could be a swimsuit model, but it's no, she's actually an athlete. Yes. So you can give her one of those entrances, Mandy, and it will work, and she can be kind of this hybrid diva wrestler. You know what I mean? And Stop it, and talking, it, Saxon. It will work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Corey. Um, anyway, so right now let's look. Let's look at this. Uh, what we have right now for Survivor Series, the current okay. matches that we have lined up. Uh, this men's Survivor Series match on Raw: Ziggler, McIntyre, Strowman, and two open spots, and then SmackDown: Mysterio, Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, Shane, Miz. Wow, that's gonna be a baller match. Yeah, it is. That's gonna be a baller match. Women's Survivor Series: Raw. No idea. 
but uh, but <laughs> so they have next week to build that. Uh, but we do know Alexa Bliss will be the captain. SmackDown Live, as we just said, Naomi, Sonya, Asuka, Carmella, and maybe Charlotte, maybe Mandy, probably Charlotte. We don't know what's going to happen with Sonya and Mandy, though. So who knows what's happening there? Maybe Sonya and Mandy will go do their thing, and Lana will get stuck in here. So the Rusev has something to do. I think it's a valid point. I think next week on the go-home, Charlotte does join, and maybe they have a match between Mandy Rose and Sonya to determine who that fifth member is going to be, would be my guess. That would be fun. That, but again, there's look at that. Interesting writing. Interesting things with stakes. Yay! Go uh, SmackDown. Go SmackDown. The tagged Survivor Series. Raw. We have no idea. They'll probably get announced <laughs> on Twitter or something. Right. SmackDown Live, though, we know that we have the Usos, Nude, and New Day. And then we've got three spots that are unannounced. Um, but here's the thing. With this, with this, we can pretty much guess who's going to be there because they only have so many damn tag teams that they could have, right? So we could probably guess who's going to be in the Tag Survivor Series. Do we know anything about the um, uh, the Harper? Was it Harper that was injured? Are we going to see a return Rowan. of the Bludgeon Brothers? Rowan was injured. Harper's fine. But I don't... Okay. I don't know what Rowan's timetable was. I don't know if it was. Uh, t- I don't think it was two months. I think it was more than two months. I think I think he was out the rest of the year, um, at, at the least, from what I understand. So, yeah, I don't think we'll see Bludgeon Brothers. Although, if we if we do have a surprise comeback from them, this <laughs> that would be real interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm mostly also- interested to see what Raw tag teams end up going there because most of them have been slumming it down in main event for the last yeah, three we, months well we know they have a bunch they've got b team they've got uh well they don't have titles worldwide anymore they got b team they've got the revival they've got rhino and slater they have a well aop is the champs now ascension uh, lucha, is on raw isn't ascension they? lucha house party i think that's your five right there because anderson and gallows are over on smackdown, SmackDown now, correct yeah. so they'll they'll definitely be in an anderson and gallows right um and then aside from that i'm trying to think who else smackdown has as a tag team right now, but the uh, neither here nor there. Earlier, the colognes yeah. might we'll come find out. out. Of the we'll find yeah. out. Uh, we also have Rollins versus Nakamura, which is of course belt versus belt, Intercontinental versus the U.S. title. I hope they give that match some time so we can. I, I, I think Rollins can get a good match out of Nakamura and vice versa. Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey, obviously the women's titles. AJ Styles versus Brock Lesnar, part two. We saw AJ cut a promo on Brock this year, saying, "Look, I gave him my best last year and it didn't work out. This year, I'm going to try and do it again." We'll see how that works out. We'll talk more about that next week. But also, a preview of our 205 Live segment in a second. There's also going to be a Cruiserweight Championship. And rumor is it's going to be on the main show. Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali. And if you don't watch 205 Live, let me give you a hint. That match is going to be baller. That, it's that be match good. might steal the whole show. It's going to be good. 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 Uh, both of those guys are sick. So, yeah, um, next week we have it announced that Brock and Stephanie will be on Raw. Uh, so, obviously, Raw is going to double down next week and really try to make up for this week in terms of building the show. Do you think that's going to help Raw catch up or SmackDown is too far ahead in excitement for Survivor Series? So, I'm doubly concerned, and I, I want to be real quick about this because we got to move on. we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but uh, I think this is worth saying. On top of the fact that Raw did not do a good job or as good of a job as SmackDown this week of building their Survivor Series rosters, 
team rosters, they're now going to capitalize a significant portion of time with Stephanie McMahon, Brock, and arguably some some kind of Alexa Bliss and Baron Corbin thing going on next week while the boss is in town. Authority, not, not fi- exactly, not that finalizing wacky their teams. <laughs> so Just I'm when curious you if thought you were I'm, free, it's the authority. Oh, baby, yeah, we're back in town. We're gonna run things the wrong way and cut long promos and make you sick of watching your TV. Authority, oh, oh, be here all week. Tip your way. Yes. So, are we going to get a little bit of quick? Okay, you're on the team, and you're on the team, and we're going to spend the rest of the show with Stephanie and Brock and Baron and Alexa Bliss, even potentially. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out next week. But in the meantime, uh, I thought that they did a pretty good, pretty good start for Survivor Series, as you said, one of your favorite ones of the year. Looked like it's gonna, uh, the reason I just brought up all those matches looks like it's going to be a good show so yeah. far, even with a lot to still be established. Fuck sight better than Crown Jewel was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, but we got more show planned we have tons more to talk about but to do that we have to go over and talk about the wide world of wrestling well kicking things off as we always do in nxt we started nxt this week with the stakes and weights heavy machinery came out to face this Forgotten Sons, escorted to the ring by Jackson Riker, who I swear looks more and more like a biker killer every single time I see him come out, and I can't wait to see that dude have a singles run because it's yeah. going to be... It's, he looks like Bobby Roode and Drew McIntyre had a, had a, had a baby. Those, I thought you, I thought he's you, just massive. I thought you forgot the Forgotten Sons name there for a second. Yeah, no, I agree. He, he, I did because I'm kind of <laughs> obsessed with Jackson Riker. I don't really care about Blake and Cutler. Your man crush Jackson Riker against your man crush's heavy machinery. Yeah, no, yeah. I, there's a couple of things about this. I agree. Jackson Riker actually probably shouldn't be with the Forgotten Sons because he's such an obvious superstar and he's blowing the other two guys out of the water. Steve right. Cutler, I, I literally forgot what he looked like the second I saw him. And Wesley Blake, how many times are they going to try with him? You know, he was part of the dubstep cowboys or whatever the heck they were called. Bleak and Murphy back then. And, you know, keeping keeping uh, Buddy Murphy from the, the brilliance that he eventually found on his own. So yeah, the Forgotten Sons. This was a fine match. It was it was it had some a little some some spots I thought were a little bit uh, spotty, but uh, so to speak. Mm. Spots are, are heavy machinery. The Cassius Ono of the tag division. No, it's starting I don't think to so. feel that way in a sense where they're kind of you know either gatekeeping or putting over uh, new tag teams or I would I would agree groups. with you I would agree with you had they lost this match they did not I actually thought they were going to lose this match well, and start a wins few. every now and then too so every now and then heavy machinery I think wins more often than not I think this was and maybe they're starting a few with them I don't know again as we said earlier in the show the NXT tag division is sa-tacked. It is ridiculous right now. You've got talent from top to bottom, and you could make any of these teams into a big deal like that. Snap, like that, if you wanted to. Even the Forgotten Sons, you could make them a big deal tomorrow with that gimmick that they have. So, sure. you know, it's they're wide up. Both these teams are wide open, could go for the title at any time. It's just the problem is, is because it's so stacked, you then have the teams at the top are just so far. Undisputed Era is so far above these guys. You know what I mean? Even even I would argue Lorkin and Birch would be above these guys. 
uh, Street Profits. Like, there's so many good tag teams right now. So I don't know what the space is for Forgotten Sons because, as I said, the only person who I'm not forgetting about is Jackson Riker. Who's I mean, not look part at, of the, the tag team. Who's <laughs> not part of the, the traditional tag team. So, yeah, I, I don't know. And I don't know if any of these teams could come up to the main roster and be used properly. Forgotten Sons would, I mean, look how much t- teams that were more interesting than the Forgotten Sons, look how much they got misused. Ascension was a very interesting team when they were on their dominant run in NXT. The Revival were fascinating. Now, boring as hell. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility to say that these teams could come up and what made them special could very easily be lost because, especially in the case of the Forgotten Sons, there's not much making them special. They're barely holding on. I mean, you could make the argument that Enzo and Cass, because of their entrance and their opening, were the only ones that came up, like legit tag team that came up that stuck around and kept their shtick for a, a, a long time. I, I can't think of another tag team that, that has come up from NXT yeah. that has lasted the the argument well enzo and Cass didn't last and the argument can be made that they never want a belt anywhere so they were they were basically the dog and pony show but they weren't considered a legit tag team i think aop is the biggest success story right now and that remains to be seen because they just won the tag belts they did just put the tag belts on them so so tbd but you know we'll, we'll see what happens or if this isn't some kind of just stupid thing to get around the seth and dean angle that's what so, I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, we had it announced that Kyrie Sane will have her rematch with Shayna Baszler at Takeover. Uh, nice. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm getting a little bit sick of Kyrie versus Shayna, but they're making a two out of three falls match. And uh, as we saw with Shayna's well bit this week, her two buddies, her two running buddies, her MMA friends, are going to be there with her. So, of course they are. Of course they are. They're they're starting up a faction, and I love it. Yeah. Uh, we also speaking of of women and women's matches. Dakota Kai had a match against Tenara Conti, uh, who I can't stand. I can't stand Tenara Conti, but maybe Why? that's the, maybe that's the point. Uh, she just she annoys me. It's just her mannerisms. It's I I completely admit it's my bias. It's her mannerisms. I actually think that she's very talented in a lot of ways, and she did a bunch of great moves in this match. Uh, she was doing more kicking and more like nice fast paced moves and less like moving her tongue around and sticking your tongue out and making faces <laughs> uh, and screaming inane things. Whereas of course, that being said, Dakota Kai looked like a, a genius in this match by comparison. But yeah. again, I thought Tenara stepped up her game. Dakota looked like a murderer and they put Dakota over in this match as having gotten over her Shayna Baszler issues. And now she's out the other side and she can go ahead and be, be good. So I, I think I, Dakota Kai is in the conversation for for up next. Uh, once we get past the Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler shtick thing, whatever it ends up being over the next couple of months, uh, or hopefully just up to War Games and we move on past it. But I can certainly see Dakota Kai um, and and some of the other ladies that we had wrestling tonight. Bianca Belair, uh, for example, had a match with Mia Yim. No, she's who, she's going to have a match. She has a match next week with Mia Yim. Uh, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. they had uh, uh, face-offs. They had a face-off uh, backstage. Yeah. yeah, they were introducing Mia Yim. Now, what I was going to say really quickly about Dakota Kai being yep. up next, I, you made a good point with it. You've, and you've got Bianca Belair. Uh, you've got so many other women in the division right now who you could easily say are up next. And the, uh, Lacey the wins, Evans, I'll the throw Lacey in Evans, there. Absolutely. The division is stacked. And it's getting more stacked with Mia Yim showing up. 
And as you said, she and Bianca Belair had a little face-off. What Actually, the only problem with this, with, with, with them having the face-off, obviously, I've got nothing to say about Mia Yim in the ring. She's fantastic. And Bianca Belair is as well. Bianca Belair blew her out of, out of the promo school on this backstage bit. Mia Yim came across as being a little bit forced and Bianca Belair was all up in her character. It was, yeah. it was, she was way more engaging and Mia Yim did not look good by comparison. Well, let's just agree that that's a, that's a, that's a WWE thing. And she's just going to have to spend some time in, in, in dusty promo school at yeah. the performance center. And she'll come around on it. I have a lot of faith in Mia Yim is coming around uh, yep. uh, on that stuff, but yeah, she's been there a month. So exactly. I'm, I'm not worried about it. No. And that's the thing is that's I look at, look at how far, a lot of people have come since they got there. Your buddy Roderick Strong, how much better he's gotten. You know what I mean? It's it's where they put people to get to get better at doing promos. I can almost hear you rolling your eyes, and it's great. I, I, uh, I almost rolled completely out of my chair. <laughs> and, and point point of order, if you if you will, uh, it's the exact same gimmick as being a crying baby face when you're a crying heel you're just you're you're chicken shit making fun of other things but it's if you watch his mannerisms other than tears rolling down his face and talking about his trailer park upbringing it's almost the exact same kind of facial expressions and mannerisms it's really weird to watch but I, I do grant you it's he almost is like he's the better. same person. He's just the same person, only now he's a bad guy. How crazy. Yeah, yeah imagine uh, that. Imagine that. <laughs> Howl. Uh so yes, we also had a bit where okay, so here's another thing where where the writers finally got to our ideas here. Uh we had been saying that it it would make sense if Keith Lee and Matt Riddle had matches against Cassius Ono, especially given or, the fact or Donovan that Donovan Dijak. <laughs> that would be nice too. Yeah. Uh but so you no know, Ka- so Cassius Ono, uh, hanging out backstage, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle walking by, just being uh, being happy bros. And uh, Cassius was like, "Hey, look, it's it's William Regal's shiny new toys." You know what the thing is about toys? I like to break them. So as we've been saying for a few weeks, and it's it, the NXT's been giving lots of hints towards this. It looks like Cassius Ono will be working Keith Lee and Matt Riddle in the near future. If you ever saw Chris Hero work them on the Indies. I can tell you right now, you are in for a treat. It's going to be good to have these all these guys working together, especially as you said. If Cassius teams up with Dijak, we're oh. going to see we're <laughs> we're going to see some amazing stuff. Just I mean, I'm just I'm in my head. I go Ricochet, Dijak, Keith Lee, and uh, and and Matt Riddle. It, it's like PWG 2016 re- re- rebranded. You know, yeah. this is so good. I can't wait for these guys. I just wish Cassius would put some pants on. That's all. There's a there's a lot of people I can't wait for both Keith Lee and Matt Riddle to work. And and if Cassius is the gatekeeper, then he's the damn gatekeeper. And I'm not mad at that because I know it's going to be fantastic. Yep. We also had a edgy Johnny Gargano promo. He was yes. in the darkness and he's he's doing a selfie and he's like, yeah, man. I know I'm good, but sometimes good guys have to do bad things, and I did bad things to you, Alistair, and I'm going to do it again. This is where I left you lying. See, this is where I left you lying, because I'm mean, Johnny Gargano. I've got darkness inside me. So, yeah, Johnny. You're way too good at that. uh, Well, Johnny's better than me. you got to go watch this promo. It's it's hilarious. That being said, (laughs) there's a lot of notes they hit in his promo that I really like the fact that he thinks that he's a good guy. 
the fact that he is still obsessed with Tommaso Ciampa and being the person to take Tommaso Ciampa's belt off of him. I, if someone else takes the belt off of Ciampa, it'll be interesting to see how Johnny Gargano's character reacts to it because of the way they've built that particular aspect of it. Um, I like the fact that they have done a really good job of building this arc for him that Tommaso Ciampa has driven this baby face insane to the point where he's now almost unwittingly walking backwards into the dark side. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's one of my favorite character arcs I've ever seen in WWE across the board. I mean, this is the kind of long-term stuff we've seen before with Sami Zayn, with Bailey in NXT. Uh, and But Johnny Gargano's, for, for whatever reason, is more engaging to me because there's more high-stakes drama, and there has been throughout the whole thing. Well, well, tickets are on sale. They went on sale last week. We were only five months away from WrestleMania, if you can believe that shit. <laughs> I believe really it. It's really close. It's essentially around the corner, and we have, I mean, it's it's been a no-brainer, but this has been feud of the year. We knew it was going to be feud of the year between Gargano and Ciampa. I didn't expect them to, in a way, flip Gargano upside down like this. No. But I'm in. I'm enjoying it. It's, totally. It's it's a good time. I'm interested to see if they'll bring Candice LeRae on along as well. They seem to be doing that, having her do kind of the emo dark makeup kind of persona change as well. And also this week, her giving the promo against Nikki Cross out front saying, well, Nikki last week walked away, so I'm going to have a match with her next week so she can't walk away from me. It looks like she's taking Johnny's side and going to the dark side with him. So yeah, that's an interesting additional aspect as well. Yeah, so that was one of the reasons why I said earlier I would have loved to have seen Nikki Cross, and she's not gone, but I'm hoping that they involve Nikki Cross or at least have her in Alistair's corner because I think the dynamic of her and Candice LeRae could also be a lot of fun with those two ladies having some matches, somehow you know, being on the out on ringside between the two uh, ladies, well, they'll between probably, the two guys. They'll, what they'll probably do is have Nikki uh, put over Candice on her way out. Is what yeah. I suspect. So, and then finally this week on NXT, Velveteen Dream versus Lars Sullivan, oh. because because Lars was not happy that Velveteen Dream took his title shot and uh, made him pay for it. This was this was I thought this was nearly a pay per view level match. This yeah, we was didn't insanity. deserve to have this match for free on. This on TV. was insanity. Mm-hmm. I it, I loved the way it was booked. Both guys worked their asses off. Very very exciting game. The crowd, for whatever reason, was really weird in every match this week. And they were weird for the start of this match, but then they got they, they just couldn't help but get engaged with this match because it was just that well worked. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, even though there was a muddled finish, which you would expect, uh, of course, having Ciampa come out and interfere at the end, Dream sure. come off the top at him. Dream, I, I love Dream working as a face, man. It's, he's a lot of fun, no matter how he works. Yeah, Sullivan looked like a beast. It was just great all around. Now, the question is, so with the interference, Sullivan ends up winning the match. Does this mean that within with like next week on NXT, will Sullivan say, "Look, I should be in this title match because I just beat, I beat him, I beat Dream"? Does that mean we're gonna have a triple threat? The logic would say we're gonna head towards a triple threat in two weeks at Takeover War Games, but I wouldn't be surprised if if Regal pulled a fast one. I don't know if, if I, I like, don't no. know if I I don't know if I want the NXT championship on Velveteen Dream yet. It won't be. It won't be. Ciampa will keep it. I understand that, but I don't want that there's the the potential I don't I, he's up there, but I'm not ready. Almost like Alistair. I wasn't ready for Alistair to be the champ yet, and we see how that kind of worked out. It didn't work out that well. My 
my fears are the same and my apprehensions are the same for Velveteen Dream. Not so much for Lars Sullivan. You know, all markery aside, I think <laughs> yeah. having a big, bad, burly monster with the, the coveted championship that everybody's clawing and clamoring for could be an interesting proposition. But like we were talking about All earlier... All markery they're, they're, aside, that's what you want on every brand. And Braun Strowman, I want him to be the champ. Lars Sullivan, I want him to be the champ. I want every big on, burly man on, to be the champ. On. As we were just saying previous to this match, though... This the, the Champa and Gargano thing is going to run all the way to WrestleMania, take over New Orleans or I guess New York City this Heavy year. Heavy machinery Brooklyn. should be the champs. Yeah, Otis Dozovich should be the NXT champion. Otis he Dozovich. took Ciampa, he took Champa to the limit. Otis needs to have all the belts. Yes. Give Otis all the belts and all the stakes. Hooray! Okay, no, but I, I love speaking of which I love Nigel calling uh the the Dozovich too hottie this yeah. week when he did oh. the uh the worm. Terrible. Anyway, Terrible. point is uh Ciampa and Gargano are going to ride this championship all the way. It really doesn't matter what happens between or within Dream and and Lars Sullivan. It's just fodder at this point. Well, that's my question is would it be a better match to just have Dream one-on-one against Ciampa or would it be a more entertaining match to make it a triple threat? Is my question. Um, what would you be happier with? Would you be happier with in, in Sullivan? Now, actually, this might be <laughs> a biased response. I realize as I ask this, because all markery aside, do you think this would be a better match if Sullivan were involved? No. Okay. So you would prefer to have Sullivan in the match and just have it. So that way it's a little bit more chaotic and Ciampa can kind of work through these guys. Overall, I've never really been a fan of triple threat matches in general. I love to see one-on-one, head-to-head competition. So I, in, in the, I almost went full Survivor Series there, head-to-head and direct competition. Oh, don't do it. Uh, but actually, they were saying head-to-head competition this week, not direct competition. Anyway, I digress. I have always been a fan of just having one-on-one interference. Interferences can be fun and they can be distracting and lead to different outcomes, but I I, I don't like the whole triple threat kind of thing uh, in general. But with those three guys, it's gonna it would be a good match. It'd be a lot of fun. It you would got be a good one match. bruiser, you got a high flyer, and you got Champa. That's just might as well be a piece of concrete. Well, he can be uh, he can know, be the squirrely, squirrely heel running around and doing what he's got to do. So no, it could be yep. it could be really good and add it to an already amazing looking card with War Games. The match itself looking like it's going to be match of the year. So yeah, lots to look forward to with NXT running over to two hundred five live really quickly. A couple of matches to talk about there. Lucha House Party is still on two hundred five live. They beat TJP and Mike Kanellis because Lince Dorado had the brilliant idea of wearing a mask under his mask. So when TJP tried to rip off his mask, there was still a mask there, and they ended up winning. So that was <laughs> that was smart. Now the question is, I don't know if they're gonna if they have anywhere else to go with this. If it escalates, I think obviously because Canellis Bennett Canellis is back, they're gonna do something with that. But we it remains to be seen. Leo Rush had a really good week on two hundred five live this week. He beat a jobber named Josh Morell. And uh, then he had a little bit with Cedric where he, he uh, got into his face while they were working out and then called Cedric out on the show saying, hey, Cedric, you're in a downward spiral. Why don't you face someone who, uh, who actually can give you some competition like me? And Leo looked really good this week. You know, a lot of the stuff that he's doing on Raw is just him working the mic. And that's obviously it's Vince telling him what to do there and being a Vince character. Well, 205 is where he gets to be Leo Rush and back that up. And it's cool to see that dynamic where you get to see both sides of Leo Rush. It's one consistent character, unlike Drake Maverick, where it doesn't make sense to have him do 
face on one show, heel on the other. But Leo Rush gets to be a great character on one show who's really annoying and drives people nuts. And then a great character on another show where he pisses people off and drives them nuts and then has good matches. So yeah, and then gets to kick their ass. Right. So and that's the question is, is when they have a match, I think uh, they booked it for next week, Cedric versus Leo Rush. Will Cedric continue to spiral downwards and lose to Leo Rush? Because as I said, Leo is very well loved backstage. And I think yep. Cedric probably has further to fall. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I don't know how you can safely have Leo lose this, if I'm being completely honest. And Charlotte represent, loves some Cedric Alexander, but Leo is on a tear right now. And he it's does have that love backstage. Great storytelling. It's, I, it's I, storytelling. I don't know how you put a Cedric over him at this point. It's nothing wrong with losing a lot of matches as long as it serves your character. So yep. it, it's, it's where they have pointless losses that, that drives me nuts. And that's one thing I want to harp on over and over and over again. It's not that you lose. It's how you lose, and, yeah. and as, as far as the story goes. Speaking of losing, Mark Andrews lost probably because he was facing Buddy Murphy, who, as we said earlier, is a monster. And if you're not watching 205 Live, you're missing out on Buddy Murphy and his ascension. He's fantastic. And this match was fantastic and well worth a watch if you had the time to go check it out. Uh, it did originate from England, so, of course, Mark Andrews, the hometown boy, well, he's Welsh, technically. But Buddy Murphy's Australian, so it makes him more of a hometown boy than Buddy Murphy. Okay. But, but it, was a, it was a good match. Uh, again, so we've got Murphy versus Ali at Survivor Series. Do, is, is, is Ali once again going to be the one-and-out dude, the first guy to face off against the champion who then loses and then goes off and is, just does his thing? I don't know. I don't know how you take this off Buddy Murphy right now. Same. It, it's, he's so strong. But Ali is, you know, if there's anybody that could take it off of him right now, it's Ali. I don't know if there's any other faces that are anywhere near positioned no. to go up against Murphy. No one is. No one is. I agree. But Ali is the only person right now who is positioned to take it off Murphy. And theoretically, there's an outside chance he could just because he's that strong. And Murphy could have been a fluke they did just to get the pop in Australia. You know, so and they're 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 gonna let him, you know, quote unquote, put the weight back on, bring him up to heavyweight. So who knows? So it's it will be an interesting to see. I'm very curious to see that match. That to me is not a sleep a sleeper match. Um, also not a sleeper match. Next week we're gonna have a tag, couple tag matches: Tozawa and Kendrick versus Gulak and Gallagher. So that's gonna be next week, and that will probably be a lot of fun. Yes. All right. So let's get to some more results. We had New Japan power struggle yep. this past weekend. Yeah, it, it was a, it was powerful. It was good. It was a struggle. It was good. It was powerful and it was a struggle. Well said, yes. Nick. Well, very well yes. said. No, it, not their not their best show of the year, uh, but it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be an outlier show. Um, yeah. And the, but there were some interesting results. But it does have some setup results. Things coming on it's, out of this. Oh yeah, it's the last really big one uh, before Wrestle Kingdom. So we did have a lot of matches get set on the Wrestle Kingdom card. We'll talk about that in a second because there is some really interesting stuff happening with some of these guys. Uh, but that being said, there were some results I did not think they were going to go with. Uh, Show and Yo are your Super Junior Tournament champions. Show and Yo, Rapongi 3K beat Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Desperado from uh, from Suzuki-gun and Bushi and Shingo Takagi from Los Ingobernables. I thought Bushi and Shingo were going to take this because they just brought Shingo in, but uh, yeah, it looks like Show and Yo picked it up. It, I remember you saying that there's something no way. along the lines of there's no way they're going to put these belts on Show and Yo. Yes, and then I immediately followed up with, but of course, every time, anytime I say there's no way... <laughs> 
So you're, you're welcome, Show and Yo. My, my inverted uh, curse has worked for you. But no, it actually does make sense. I'll get to why it makes sense in a second uh, when we get to the Wrestle Kingdom 13 card. But, not to be outdone by Show and Yo, uh, Goto defeated Tai Chi for the never open weight belt. Another one I said they didn't think they were going to pull the trigger on because I thought Tai Chi was a great <laughs> heel to have the, the open weight belt, and Goto's held it all year. And frankly, I love Goto. Don't get me wrong. But the dude is a coin flip as to whether or not he's good or boring as watching paint dry. And this match was terrible. <laughs> this match this is one of the worst <laughs> New Japan matches I saw all year. It was not good. But yeah, oh, no. Goto's got the belt back. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking there. I don't know what the... the but the, 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 never, the never booking always kind of confuses me. Ever since Minoru Suzuki yeah. lost it, I've just been like, what? What are we doing? Okay, forget it. Uh, I know that uh, Will Ospreay getting injured threw a, a monkey wrench into their plans, but this is still, I, this is their fallback. Urgh, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, in, Neither do they. <laughs> apparently. In one of, uh, w- one of my favorite matches of the night, every time, Tomohiro Ishii beat maybe the best feud of the year oh, I could, in, in, in New Japan. I could watch these guys go at it. All day, every day. I love, I love both of them, Tomohiro Ishii and Minoru Suzuki. They're they've been feuding over the Rev Pro Heavyweight Belt for most of the last half of the year, uh, and Tomohiro Ishii defended it today. He spent most of the year trying to get it off of Minoru Suzuki. He finally got it, and here he established he can beat Minoru more than one time, and he beat him again. And this was the hardest hitting match of the night for sure, as you would yeah. have expected. Also, in a special match, Naito. Defeated Zack Sabre Jr. It was just kind of a showcase match, but it was really, really good, as you would imagine. And then in the main event, Chris Jericho, Intercontinental Champion Chris Jericho, defeated Evil to retain the IC title. But the interesting uh, twist here was after the match, Jericho went for a beatdown on Evil, which brought out the rest of Los Ingobernables, or at least Naito. And Naito came out, chased off Jericho, and then challenged Jericho for the Intercontinental Belt at Wrestle Kingdom. Nice. Well, this is nice. this is nice, but it's also very strange. So, first of all, Jericho, of course, as his character would, immediately said, "No, I'm not giving you anything. You don't get to challenge. I'll, I fight when I want to fight." Which has been his character. Remember, because we were talking about how it was weird to give Jericho the IC belt when he's only going to work three or four dates the entire year, and he's going to break. Well, I said that, but you countered as like that being, you know. Pretty normal. Well, I was actually countering it by saying they're they're having him be kind of the Brock Lesnar of New Japan, and it is kind of normal to sometimes for these titles to go a long time without being defended. So it, it's not as offensive to them as it is to us when Brock defends it like once every six months. You know, right. it's it's kind of like all right, well. Mm. But um, what's interesting about this is if you remember two years ago, Naito was the IC champ and he was destroying the belt. He kept tossing the belt everywhere, and he just disrespected the belt. He tried to trade it for right. gum. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. It though. was hilarious. So now he wants it back. Is this just redemption for what Jericho did to evil I think this, at the end no, of this match? No, I think this is a redemption story for Naito. I think this is Naito's character. Like This is, this is how long-term New Japan books, where they're saying, that's right, so Naito had to lose his match against Kazuchika Okada last year's Wrestle Kingdom. He had to lose the biggest match of his career. He had to come back and find what made things valuable, and now he's finding value in the Intercontinental Belt, where before he said nothing matters but the heavyweight belt. Nothing matters but that. So he had to go get, in some ways, humbled. You know, he has this whole, his whole thing is tranquilo, don't care about anything, F everybody. 
he had to go in some sense, learn how to care a little bit in order to come back around and become worthy of then challenging again for the heavyweight belt. That's what I'm kind of seeing his arc being. So I, I well, love are it. you excited about Naito and Chris Jericho again for the uh, for the Intercontinental title at Wrestle Kingdom? I can't say I'm excited, but I'm not not excited. Last, the last time they had a match, it was great, but yeah. um, they're going to have to do a little more character work on this to get me really excited for it. I agree with that. But, I mean, we're only, like I was saying earlier, for WrestleMania being five months, we're about six weeks away from Wrestle Kingdom. Yep. It, it's it's right around the corner. Ugh. So uh, they got to get going. Speaking well, of which, they have developed the most of the card, uh, or at least a good portion of the card up to this point. Why don't you run most, that down? Most of the top uh, of the card. There? Yeah, most of the top of the card is ready to go. Like, we know, we're, we know it's confirmed. Kenny Omega, the current IWGP Heavyweight Champion, versus Hiroshi Tanihashi. Uh, that's going to be an amazing match. Tanahashi's been on a big upswing. I love how they're building him back up. As we just said, Chris Jericho versus Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental belt. Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White in a special match. Pretty much, mm. that's just a sto- that's a storyline match. That's for control yeah. of chaos, control of the of the, yeah. the chaos faction. Um, Jay White stole Kazuchika Okada's mentor Gato, so that's going to be. A grudge match, and I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to that. They, they they're building a lot of stakes on that, even with a belt not being involved. Uh, as far as belts, though, you do have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title being defended. This is going to steal the show. Calling it right now, Kushida. Really, Kushida versus Taiji Ishimori. Yeah, that's going to steal the damn show. Come at me. Come at me in January. I don't, I don't know if there's anybody stealing anything from the Omega, Omega Tanahashi match. I'm I, sorry. This is why I'm... It's hot take, baby. Hot take. <laughs> hot take. Okay. Kushida Taiji going to steal the show. I don't know, man. This is Tanahashi's G1 sort of cash-in for his Wrestle Kingdom shot at Kenny Omega's title. I just, how do you how do you one-up that? It's Kushida in a damn title match. All right? Okay. It's, okay. It's, it's, I, okay. you'll see uh so this is the other thing i was saying i now understand why rapongi 3k won the junior tag tournament or the junior tag tournament because there's going to be a junior tag team title match at wrestle kingdom and it's a rematch of the finals of the tag team tournament so it's going to be el desperado yoshinobu kanamaru versus rapongi 3k which is showing yo versus shingo takagi and bushi so this is the one i don't think showing is picking it up here of course, of course. Of course, that means they that are. Means they are. <laughs> Probably. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, I think Shingo's finally going to pick it up there. Uh, so I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, so that's that's going to be a rematch at Wrestle Kingdom 13. A uh, well, little bit more, a uh, little bit more uh, New Japan news before we move on, and it actually has something to do with WWE. So this is this is okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this to you in a second. Uh, this is an interesting. Uh, it started off as a confirmed thing over on Wrestling Observer that uh, they made WWE made overtures to Naito, and Naito flat turned them down, said, "No, I'm a New Japan guy, totally loyal, piss off." But now it's being also stated that the WWE, WWE made overtures to two other major top card New Japan stars. Who do you think they were? But they both apparently thought hard of the quote thought hard about it, but then turned down the offer. Who do you think they were? I got my thoughts. Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega's got to be one of them. I mean, he's the very first one that would obviously come up to my, come up to mind. Um, I have to believe that a lot of the New Japan, especially the Japanese uh, New Japan superstars, are looking over at what has happened to Shinsuke Nakamura, 
to Asuka, and, and they're seeing kind of just this drifting into sort of irrelevance uh, to, to the Japanese, what a Japanese, happens to a Japanese superstar on the mid-WWE main roster. I, I don't want to say that's a standard for any Japanese superstar that came over from New Japan, that they would be the exact, they would end up in the exact same fate, but I have to believe that influences the decision. So, of course, I go to Omega first. Uh, Bushi, maybe? See, this is, I... this is the interesting thing, is that looking at what WWE pays and the schedule that they have versus what New Japan pays and the schedule that they have, WWE would have to make a competitive offer to what you can conceivably get in Japan to these stars. So if you're looking at you know what Shinsuke and Asuka are getting paid in the schedule that they have to work there you you have to you, you obviously because they're going to see what happens there and they could come back and say well you're just going to do to me what you did to Shinsuke Nakamura it actually could be a bargaining chip that they could say no I'm not going to come over now but if you can guarantee that I'll be t- handled better than that or that or if we don't know all the details behind the scenes and Shinsuke is getting a way better deal than some of these guys are in New Japan these are all aspects of it that could make it appetizing for someone from New Japan who's not seeing a title run in New Japan and possibly seeing a better deal over here in, in, in America. So I'm my initial thoughts were, as you said, someone like Kenny Omega uh, or someone like that. Then I thought about who, who has historically expressed love for America and, and who has worked there a lot. And then one of the first people that popped to my mind was Kushida, and he's not getting any younger. He still gets a lot of opportunities in New Japan, so it's, it's a long shot, but I could see him coming over and having the kind of career that like a Takamichinoku or someone like that had where he's influential and he does things, uh, but then eventually all, you know, it, he's, he, he can come back or like, look at, um, oh, who's, who's working announcing? Uh, Funaki, right? He's still got a job right. at WWE, and it's Kushi. So you can look at that and say, well, I'd be set for life. And Kushida likes working in America and likes being in America. The other guy who's expressed he likes being in America, Sonata. And Sonata, by the way, would translate real well to WWE. That guy has a great look. I could see that. He has a great look. Uh, He's the strong, silent type anyway. Even in Japan, he never freaking talks. So I could see Sonata... If they were making overtures to, to Sonata, I could see him being one of the ones they might be able to capture. Sure. So sure, that could be really interesting. Wild speculation, but uh, but yeah, but <laughs> still a lot of fun. But you said that they all got turned down, though, right? So it's it's, it's just us having fun for now. But all the contracts are up in January. So Ooh. yeah, keep your eyes on that. Ooh. Keep your eyes on that. Well, that's it for New Japan, guys. We are, like I said, we're six weeks away from Wrestle Kingdom. We, I think we're done with pay-per-view events uh, until Wrestle Kingdom. So a lot of that stuff, maybe a couple of house there's shows a, No, there's, and there's there. a, the tag league. There's the uh, heavyweight tag league, but it's, that's pretty much, that's, a, that's setting yeah. some storylines for Wrestle Kingdom. Nothing's really going to get changed with Wrestle Kingdom with that. The big ones that matter are set. Uh, the belt yeah. uh, stuff is set. Man, it's it's we'll get a, it's looking like it's going to be another we'll good get one. A never open weight challenge of some sort, but you know that's sure. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's head over and do. Uh, it was a it was a busy week this week. We only I, I just got the the post up for the listener questions last night. I apologize, but we did get one in from Will James. Barely made it. One. Want to want to make sure that we uh, we get this in this time, so I don't end up on Facebook apologizing again on Facebook Live. Will James asks, "Is Bobby Lashley's character dead?" 
No, he's very much alive. Uh, he seems to be getting no reaction and needs a win over Finn to have some legitimacy. Seems to me like a late 2000s Chris Masters and also who also died off fairly quickly. Like so a, Ian, is, is, is Lashley's character dead? I, I would actually be more interested in Lashley if his character were actually a zombie wrestler who came out and tried to eat his opponent's brains. I would love it if his yeah. character were dead, or rather undead. No, I don't yeah. I don't know that Bobby Lashley's character... I don't know that his character's ever been alive. That's what I was going to say, is you know, Will compared him to a late 2000s Chris Masters. I'll compare him to a mid-2000s Bobby Lashley. He's never had a character in WWE. No. The only place he ever had a character that was over that worked was TNA, and that's because they made him a cocky heel, but they've taken all of that now and put it on Leo Rush. So instead of letting Bobby work his own cocky heel angle, they're having a guy do it for him. So which I think that as far as showcasing what Lashley can do is a mistake in that sense, but at the same time, I actually think that Leo Rush with him is a good pairing. So I I actually think that we have more to see here. The problem is, is that Unlike Brock Lesnar, who exudes charisma just by standing in a ring and having Paul Heyman talk for him, Lashley doesn't do that for you. So that's the downside with having Leo Rush be his quote unquote advocate or what you know, hype man, whatever. Um, so there's they need to do something still with Bobby. Bobby's got to do something while Leo not and not just step out, not just bend over and show off his glutes to the Manchester audience. Which was a yeah, that was a little bit childish. Well, uh, I'm wondering if that was the beginning of but it, going back to the cocky heel that we saw in TNA 10, 12 years ago. If we were going to get that Bobby Lashley back, and I got to say, boy, I hope so. But the problem is because that was, I think that was pure Vince. That's a pure Vince segment, by the way. It's a pure Vince yeah, call to have done reeked. that. But here's the thing: that would have been better if Lashley's mannerisms with it had been more charismatic. He just kind of did it. And it nothing really came of it. So in that sense, yeah, he didn't do with any character or in, anything interesting. So I blame I blame him for that. But. Yeah, and, and frankly, I, I'm I was very excited at this year when when he came out for Royal Rumble and you know that his music hit that Dominator music hit and I just I geeked the hell out. And then nothing has really happened. Yeah, since. he's one you have to be kind of careful with because it is easy to bungle him, and it doesn't look good so far. But uh, but yeah, they, they, I hope that answers. Well, I would say they have bungled him between the sisters' angle. Oh God, and the Sami Zayn shit. Uh, it's they, it, that was a death sentence. Yeah, that was not good. It really was, and I don't know if you can come back from that kind of stuff. So we'll see. Uh, frankly, the best thing you could do is pull a Bray Wyatt and go away for six yeah, months. And well, try I don't know because at this point he's not getting any younger. Uh, and even the the win over Finn to speak to Will James's point here, the win over Finn didn't help him with legitimacy. Like he's got to actually go look like the beast that he looks like. You know what I mean? That's why I was worried about him getting into a feud with Finn, because if he's competitive with Finn, it doesn't make him look good given how he looks. No, he needs a Braun Strowman feud or something along those lines. Maybe once, maybe outside of the title picture. Yep, exactly. I mean, if Braun wasn't so up there, I'd definitely kick something off with those yep. guys. I liked the Drew face off this week, and get, that was that tickled my fancy quite yeah. a bit. So we'll see where those two yeah. go, but I don't know. I think Drew's getting ready to get a big boost up to the title picture, so probably a non-starter. Yeah, no, I don't know who point. they have that they could put Lashley with, to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Thanks for the great question, Will. Uh, if you got want to get your questions in, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for the $5 tier. Ask us questions on every show every week. And also get access to the show notes, which I know I owe everybody a bunch. I'm behind on getting those up there for you, but I will catch those up this weekend as soon as I actually have a, a home and an address. 
but uh, <laughs> I will get to them very, very soon, I promise. All right, to close out the show every week, we do a quick lightning round with some other news, There's some some notable, what is what do they call it, potent potables? News and notables. News of the notables. Uh, Ian, take it Lightning away. Lightning round. So we, I, this could have been its whole segment on its own, and there's a reason I decided to put it here, and that was Lucha Underground had its season finale today, or excuse me, uh, this week, a couple days ago now, yesterday, and um, I could have done a whole segment on it. Hang on. i got to throw in a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Well, there's, there is going to be one spoiler here, yes. So if you, if you don't want to know anything about it, then that's fine. Stay away. I'm, but yeah. I am not going to go through the whole show for two reasons. One, because we haven't really been keeping up with Lucha Underground news on this show because just it's such a, that show is such an experience that just calling like wins, winners and losers of matches doesn't really get you the whole experience of watching that crazy, crazy show and getting into its whole world. We'd have to get into so much depth and detail. Um, and the same thing with the finale where it's I almost don't, like it needs its own podcast. It's almost like that, Nick. Yeah, but uh, hmm. anyway, the, the problem here is that I don't want to go down the whole show and give away the end of the entire season if people haven't been watching it every episode because there's a lot of little details that you're going to miss. I mean, just on this finale, there were title changes, heel turns, face turns, blood, violence, death. There was a resurrection. There were reveals. There were character reveals. There was so much that happened here. They packed so much into the end of this finale. And the last little outro of the whole season is if you're a fan of the show, you were probably jumping up and down and freaking out like I was. The only spoiler I will give the only spoiler I will give. And uh, again, spoiler alert, skip forward a minute. Wade Barrett is now in Lucha Underground. What? Wade Barrett showed up and said, anyone got any more bad news? Sure enough, <laughs> he popped out his catchphrase and everything. So wow. I won't tell you who he is, but it's a big reveal as to who he is in the show. It's a big reveal, but it was... Yeah, the last episode of the sh- of the season was bananas. Huge characters died. Huge characters came back to life. Uh, big reveals, as I said, new champions. It was freaking insane and some good wrestling in the middle of it all. Lucha Underground, you can buy it on iTunes right now as a subscription. Hopefully, it'll end up on, on Netflix, but it'll probably be a while. But it's, yeah, well, you've got a couple of years to wait, probably, because I don't think they've even put season three on Netflix yet. Well worth a watch, and they even had, I swear to God, it was a Mortal Kombat kill in this last episode. Straight, oh out, of, straight out of Mortal Kombat. Did somebody's heart get pulled out of their chest? Yes, actually. Nick, how did you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, yes. All right, so another oh, news. Oh, no. Another news. <laughs> Triple H underwent pectoral muscle surgery because of his injury that he sustained trying to do a flare flip over there at Crown Jewel. Uh, that was gnarly. He was bruised from his collarbone down to his elbow on the on his arm. That was It looked brutal. Uh, no timetable was given for his return, but probably with this kind of thing, I would say at least six to eight months before he can go in the ring again, uh, if not longer, given his age. Uh, another news, WWE bought the World Wrestling Council Library, Vito Library, Puerto Rican uh, wrestling company, but it was a promotion founded by Gorilla Monsoon, Carlos Colon, the father of the Colones, and uh, Victor Jovica, and there's lots of big stars that went and worked down there. Uh, worked in this in this federation in this promotion so they have a lot of people like rick flair and, and andre and a lot of those guys 
uh, did work down there. It's also the promotion where Bruiser Brody had his last match and where he was ultimately murdered. So, So WWE now has that tape library probably because they were worried about uh, the ability for it to be preserved in Puerto Rico given the problems down there right now. So... Now they have all that. We'll see if it ever ends up on the network, but they now have the option to put it up on the network. Nice. Uh, we have a big day. We have a big couple big debuts coming in Ring of Honor on December fifteenth. We will have uh, the final the see final battles on the fourteenth, and then they got TV tapings on the fifteenth. Well, at final battle, we're getting Zack Saber Junior for the first time in Ring of Honor. Don't know if he'll stick around, uh, but he'll be he'll be wrestling Jonathan Gresham for that match. Hopefully, he comes back and works there more. I know he loves New Japan, but I would love to see. Yeah. There's a lot of guys in Ring of Honor. I'd love to see him work. Well, he hasn't been winning too much over in New Japan, so maybe Ring of Honor's a new home for him. Yeah, but he had a great year this year. If you, if you remember, he 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 yeah. he did get quite a few things done in New Japan this year. Um, but also, Rush is going to debut in Ring of Honor on December 15th, was announced. CMLL star Rush. If you don't know who he is, well, maybe you've heard of a little group called Los Ingobernables. He's one of the founders. Him and him and Cien Almas and Naito, they're all Los Ingobernables. Rush is one of the founders. He's going to debut in Ring of Honor on December 15th. That's a big deal, and that boy is talented as hell, and he could go a long way. If WWE ever wants to get their hands on another big Lucha star, he's one you know is on their radar. Nice. So uh, we talked earlier about Roderick Strong and his amazing personality. Well, it apparently worked well on someone because Marina Shafir married him. Finally, the mother of his child who lives with him in the trailer park that they've I since moved out of ever since they did. They joined <laughs> Undisputed Era and finally making some real money. Uh, no, no. In all seriousness. Yeah. Roderick Strong, Marina Schaefer finally got married. So that was very sweet. Uh, on the not sweet side, Takamichinoku, who I mentioned earlier, got exposed for cheating on his wife for eight years. Uh oh, bad boy. But that's actually a way bigger deal in Japan than it is in the U.S. And he actually may lose his wrestling school as a result because it's is a it, very is disgraceful. That, is this a seppuku situation? <laughs> uh, no, Nick. That's <laughs> wow. No, Nick. It is not a seppuku situation, but it is certainly very disgraceful and considered uh, uh, not a. It's not a good thing, and yes. it and it has it carries a lot more social social ramifications there than it does here. So, bad boy, Takamichinoku. We know you. Shame, shame. We know you play a heel on TV, but don't let that bleed over to your real life, man. Uh, also, Vanessa Craven. You may, you may remember her from the May Young Classic, Big Girl with Pigtails. Well, she had a gnarly leg injury, torqued her ankle and uh, shin. Apparently, it was kind of like a helix break. So she's going to be out of action for a while. She said that, so that's poor thing. But she said that she's uh, she's fine with it. Uh, it is what it is. It's not as it's not as bad as it could have been. And she'll be back soon. She's, that actually makes me very uncomfortable. Like I can feel my, I'm, I'm not okay. Keep going. Yeah. No, she, from all reports, she's an absolutely wonderful person. So best of luck to her. Best wishes. Yeah. Hopefully she gets well soon. And finally, little little WWE something on the way out here. Just a little bit to chew over if you're a WWE fan. AJ Styles will become the longest modern WWE champion in January. The sixth of all time. Right before the Royal Rumble. There's something to think about. If he wants to surpass Brock, who held the Universal title, his reign, his reign that he had early this year, he'd have to hold it all the way to Backlash after WrestleMania. So June, basically, is what we'd right. be looking at. So just things to things to ponder. Like what what huh. as a booker, what would you do? Just give him 
the the reign with the WWE belt or and leave Brock with the longest modern reign of a heavyweight champion? Or what do you do? I mean, there's nobody coming up behind either one of them that are going to surpass that that I can see right now. No, but... The- so that's that's the interesting dynamic of this is that Brock's got his. AJ's almost got his. Do you give him another four to six months to really cement it? You I mean, know? at a certain I, I point... Know. At a certain point, fans are going to start turning on it. People coming at AJ and like you know, I'm getting close. Samoa Joe, both Nakamura and Samoa Joe, really would have done like both of them looked bad coming out of their feuds. I hate to say it, you know, I and agree. that might have been with Joe is because it went one match too long, and with Nakamura, it's because the whole damn thing was about hitting each other in the dick, yeah, and it was, just, it was just it was just it was just poorly booked. So both of them came out looking less. AJ looked great coming out of both of those feuds. But both those guys, yep. and, and you know, depending on who else you have, if Daniel Bryan finally gets a feud with AJ as opposed to a one-off shot, the Miz, you've got guys who could come at AJ. But as you said, not a lot of people that you think could take it off of him. So we will see. We will see. I want Miz to get back on the Intercontinental Title Train because that belt needs some love. Well, right that's now. What, next time he gets it, it's going to be a historic thing. So it's going to have to be yeah. a big deal when he finally gets it, and they may turn him face in order to get that belt. Just something. Yep. Things to think about. But more to think about next week because we've only got one more week until Survivor Series, and that means, and TakeOver, actually, and that means we've got a whole bunch of go-home shows next week on WWE pay, uh, TV before the pay-per-view, and we're going to be covering them all on next week's show right here on Thursday night. So come back yes. for that, please. Yes, and also don't forget, head over to Facebook and join the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Uh, just send us a join request. We will get you in. We do posts, some chat running threads uh, as every show progresses, whether it's Monday Night Raw, SmackDown Live, NXT 205 Live, etc., etc. Uh, also hit us up on Twitter at BWO Podcast. Follow us on and subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. Don't forget to hit the little bell so you get alerted every time we put up a new video or go live again very very soon last but certainly not least if you love this show and want to support what we do head over to patreon.com slash bwo find uh, the tier that is right for you whether it's the five dollar one for show notes and listener questions or if you want to go baller and get some bonus episodes you can sign up for the ten dollar a month episode tier uh, to get access to those as well as everything that's in the other tier there. T-shirts and swag and all of the all the good things. Yes, yeah. Yes. Christmas is coming. I'm just saying, the holiday yeah, seasons. Uh, yeah, holidays are here. Christmas Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah, I heard an interesting stat to close the show out. There are 27 different uh, celebrations or holidays of sorts across all things between I think it was November 1st and January 15th. And so that when you hear people say happy holidays, it's that's usually what that means. So it's almost that time, Ian. I know. We're getting there. And I'll be playing Red Dead Redemption 2 throughout the entire thing. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Will somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.